What's up, Video Landers? Welcome to Adventures in Video Land, episode 334. I am your host, Kyle, and with me tonight are... Nathan. And Brian Steele. And from Asgard, we got this guy calling in. Marshall. Welcome. Uh, tonight we are going to be hitting up phase two of the MCU. Uh, we are doing our marathon tonight, and marathons, if you are unaccustomed to them, are when we take five or six movies. Uh, they have common themes, genres, directors, actors, whatever. We put them in a pit and just fucking have them go at it, you know? And uh, the winner comes out with the most golden idols. And then we determine, well, not tonight, we're not going to. It's going to be kicked up into a uh, fantastic four-way, as we're calling it. But usually, uh, they would go up for Pantheon consideration. Uh, you may notice that uh, I'm not Brad Hawkins. Uh, <laughs> Brad's got a, a much more soothing voice, and he's, he's, he's our leader. He, he knows what he's doing on these. I might be a little timid at times, but... Uh, uh, tonight, Brad's going to take that off because, honestly, we all need a break every once in a while. Uh, you know, Brad works uh, really hard doing marathons, verses, interviews. Uh, he helps set up the companion pieces, which are fucking fantastic if you haven't listened to those. Uh, he's doing reviews and commentaries, and he's just doing general upkeep on the site and constantly watching movies. And, and Brad always stays physically active, but, you know, we all got to stay mentally healthy, too. All the voiceover work for softcore porn. He does yeah. all yeah. of it. Absolutely every single one. <laughs> A lot of people don't know he did nine characters in Spider-Verse. <laughs> fantastic, fantastic. They were all female parts. <laughs> they were all female bystanders, but... <laughs> but, uh, like I said, uh, he, he already filled out uh, his awards, and he kind of predicted that he thinks either Winter Soldier or Guardians of the Galaxy is going to win it tonight, and otherwise he says he's going to be pretty fucking pissed off if neither of those win, <laughs> so hopefully we can do him right. Uh, and let's see if he's right. Nathan, why don't you run down uh, what movies we have and how they stack up with each other. All right, man, so uh, first off, we've got Iron Man 3, 2013. It's got uh, Robert Downey Jr., Gwyneth Paltrow, Don Cheadle, Guy Pearce, uh, Ben Kingsley. Uh, IMDb has it at 7.2, Rotten Tomatoes at 80%, and Metacritic is 62%. Uh, following that is Thor Dark World, also 2013, starring Chris Hemsworth, uh, Natalie Portman, Anthony Hopkins, Rene Russo, Christopher Eccleston. Uh, our IMDb low at 7.0. Our Rotten Tomatoes low at 67%, and our, Meta, our Metacritic low at 54%. So it fucking sweeps. Woo! It sweeps the lows. <laughs> Take that, Dark World. <laughs> um, after that, Captain America Winter Soldier, uh, one of the contenders, right, for uh, potentially the winner. Uh, 2014, starring Chris Evans, Scarlett Johansson, Anthony Mackie, Sebastian Stan, and Robert Redford. Uh, yeah. IMDb has it at 7.8%. Rotten Tomatoes, 90%, Ooh. and Metacritic, 70%. Ooh. Okay? Uh, after that, the other big contenders, uh, according to Brad, would be uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, 2014 also, starring Chris Pratt, Zoe Saldana, uh, Dave Bautista, Vin Diesel, Bradley Cooper, Lee Pace, Michael Rooker, our IMDb high at 8.1, mm, wow. our Rotten Tomatoes high Ooh. at 91, and our Metacritic high. At 76. So we don't often see this, where like one movie gets all the lows, one movie yeah. gets all the highs. But one, one always like sneaks an IMDb in ahead. Yeah. Know, for yeah. The but. but yeah, fuck it. So It's <laughs> only got uh, down to go. So uh, um, Okay, so after that, Avengers Age of Ultron, uh, 2015, starring fucking everybody I just mentioned, <laughs> plus Mark Ruffalo, Jeremy Renner, uh, one of the Olsen twins, James Spader... <laughs> I'm pretty uh, sure she's not. Isn't, isn't, I, no, she's their younger sister. No really. shit! Is she, <laughs> Elizabeth Olsen, I'm just fucking with you. Okay, James Spader, 
Uh, IMDb, 7.4. Rotten Tomatoes, 75. Uh, Metacritic, 66%. Mm. Okay? And then finally, uh, Ant-Man 2015, starring Paul Rudd, Michael Douglas, Evangeline Lilly, and Corey Stoll. IMDb, 7.3. Rotten Tomatoes, 82%. And Metacritic, 64%. That, that was directed by Edgar Wright, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. Oh, why yeah, not? sure. No. <laughs> it was just like Peyton Reed. We'll pretend it was. <laughs> All right, guys. So, how did you enjoy the viewing experience on uh, MCU Phase Two? Rough start, uh-huh. <laughs> uh huh, and then a bunch of really good movies. Okay, <laughs> like like it, it, it was uh, you know it's kind of like anal. It just took me a second to get used <laughs> to it, and then what, then I was fine. Marshall, what about you? Oh god, I hate it. I don't know how you guys do this shit. <laughs> Watching six movies and all this other stuff, uh, but no, it was good. I, I, it was good. I had never seen Iron Man 3 and I hadn't seen Ultron since like it came out so it was kind of good to like revisit some of these ones because it's been so long since I've seen them right on man yeah I dude I had fun with this I'm dude if you think this was bad you should have done that Road to Utopia versus (laughs) holy shit (laughs) (laughs) no I had fun with it man (laughs) we've broken Kyle Oh, it's funny because that was Marshall's versus. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, and I'm in, I'm in the same boat. Like, I, you know, there this was a this is a real hodgepodge in the phases. I believe you know one one has some some hiccups, you know, and we talked about that a few episodes ago. Uh, but it has a lot of great moments too, and and this is the same way. But the lows are lower, and I think some of the highs can be uh, on the higher end too. Definite so, peaks and valleys. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, well, let's see if uh, Brad's right. Uh, you know, either Winter Soldier or Guardians of the Galaxy comes out comes out on top. Uh, where are we at in the Facebook poll right now? Oh, we'll get to that. We'll get to that at the end. We'll talk about okay. that at the end. Okay. Just we'll get people a few more minutes to uh, <laughs> put, put in votes <laughs> to lock in their votes. Last I saw, the the two from I'm not gonna say anything, but the two yeah. front runners were pretty high. Yeah, or and pretty far ahead, else was like single digits. Uh, <laughs> oh wow! Okay, yeah, so so according to but according to the scores, right? It is Guardians and Captain America pretty much neck and neck. I know Guardians had the highest, but it's like Rotten Tomatoes one percent higher. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it, it's yeah. it within a standard deviation of like right there. You know? Yeah, so. but then these awards always work out weird sometimes. Like yeah. you just get something that like, hey, this character was so fucking good in it that it mm-hmm. takes three or four points, and it's like, oh well, it's got a lot right. more points the, than I expected. There were, by the there end, were so. a few things that I popped on here that I was not expecting. Yeah. Uh, oh, absolutely. Like, yeah, there are a few right. that I were definitely expecting. Yeah, but yeah. some oh, some surprised me. There's a category that we should just rename Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> four <laughs> points. Uh, <laughs> all right, Nathan, why don't you kick us off uh, with best film location? All right, man, best location. Um, so I had the Avengers Tower from Age of Ultron, right? Oh, uh, so Stark Tower had been pretty terribly damaged during the uh, Shatari invasion of New York in the first Avengers. And in the aftermath, Tony began to transform it into the headquarters for the Avengers, uh, kind of adapting it to the needs of all the members. Mm-hmm. Uh, the top ten floors, I think they had said originally, were all devoted to like research and development. And I think you can still kind of see that, like... Um, it's, it's like a production bay for all the prototype Iron Man suits, and there's a series of labs where Tony and Bruce work. Uh, the penthouse, which is probably the most well-known area of the building from the previous films, has been converted into this really cool, like, uh, common living area where the Avengers hang out. And I really enjoy that aesthetic. Like, it's all glass and wood and steel. Mm-hmm. It's really, it has this spacious, like, open architecture design. Uh, the tower, like, rises up out of New York, and you can kind of see out through the glass over all of Manhattan. I really like that. Uh, but I think what I enjoy the most is just watching all the heroes sort of kick back and relax in what is essentially like their house. 
uh, Bruce and Natasha are sort of quietly, awkwardly flirting by the bar, and like you see later that she has like a pistol hidden underneath the bar, which is like a nice touch. Um, Rhodes is like trying to impress people with stories. There's like war machine heroics. <laughs> yeah. uh, Sam and Steve are shooting pool. Uh, Stan Lee is getting carried out after getting shit based. Um, it's it's fun, man. This is a location that I think humanizes the Avengers. It lets you see them as real people and not just gods of thunder and like black ops assassins and impossibly wealthy captains of industry. Uh, this is where you get to see the most powerful humans or superhumans in the world like getting drunk and like taking bets on who can pick up Mjolnir. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And like that kind of, it humanizes them and that's what I like about the location, man. It's like the house. Yeah. You know? I think that. I also too. forgot that this is like the only time you get to fucking be there. You know what I mean? Like I, it's yeah, like get blown up in like phase somewhere in phase three, right? Well, they move. Uh, they well, after this, they just, this, they just like, move yeah. out. They move up. They move upstate. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Brian, what about you? Uh, I went with Kiln Prison from no, uh, no. from Guardians of the Galaxy. I thought that it was a really, really smart way to introduce characters that are so fucking out there that. You, if if no if nobody had seen Guardians of the Galaxy, you say okay, so there's this tree thing and and, and a raccoon that's his best buddy, and the raccoon's kind of an asshole, <laughs> and then there's this green chick that kicks all kinds of ass, but not the green guy with the red tattoos. Yeah. It, no, no one would no one had, yeah. it, you'd look right. at you and be like, you're high right now. But this like you know twenty roughly twenty minutes of the movie mm-hmm. is by far in, in Guardians probably some of my favorite stuff. Uh, because you get a, a slice of all the characters, you get to see how smart they are, how clever they are, and how well they work together as just a, this is going to happen, we've got a plan that's going to happen. Yeah, and, even, even before and, they're a well-oiled machine. Exactly, right. before they've ever practiced, they're all going to fit into their niche, and it's going to be perfect. And that's, I, I thought it was uh, the highlight of that movie, was I, the, the, the prison scenes. I agree with you. It's so important that they get it right, too, in the beginning, because yeah. like if you can't, you have to be able to get on board with these guys or you're not going to accept anything that happens afterwards. You know what I mean? And I think they do a great job. Yeah. Well, and you even get cool callbacks to that scene or to the parts of that scene in other movies. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, the, uh, the rocket asking for an arm later on, Mm -hmm. you know, like it's a callback to the prison. It's, it's fantastic. Uh, By far my favorite part. What about you, Marshall? What's your favorite location? So I'm going to start this fun thing off with a tie. Ooh! Ooh. Uh, Zing! Uh, so I, I, I went with, um, the first one is the Dungeons of Asgard in the Thor Dark World. Great, great. Um, I don't know, there was just something about it just visually. I love the look of them, the, the glass fronts to all the cells, the lighting, um, I don't know, just the the. the that did, and there was a really fun, you know, escape scene there. Um, so that was a, that was a nice one for me. And then I tied that with um, Guardians, and actually went with the Milano. Nice. Um, oh yeah. Oh. I, I like the Milano. It's got a really cool, both external and internal design. I, I love the look of it on the outside. I love the, the the space of it on the inside. It has kind of like a funny Falcon vibe to it, mm-hmm. you know, got little compartments in there, it's, it's a nice place where you get to know the characters, um, you know, the women uh, Quill sleeps with, and then, you know, just the Guardians themselves, um, a lot of fun interactions go on there, so, uh, I couldn't pick one, so I went with my first tie. 
No, actually, I like that Asgard pick. That has my favorite scene in Dark World when Loki is like looking all normal in his cell, and he's like, mm. "Hey, drop the act," and then like his room is oh, just yeah. like fucking shambles, yeah. and he's just like a fucking broken shell. Uh, that scene's really fucking good out of that movie. Um, for me, I'm also going with Guardians of the Galaxy, but I'm picking a third location. Uh-oh. I'm going with nowhere. Oh yeah, uh, oh, gotcha. nowhere. A a giant town that's just the head of one of the dead living tribunals, you know, now yeah. just floating around in space and like this hodgepodge of, of human beings have just taken it and turned it into a place to, to gamble and fuck and, and collect weird shit. Yeah. It's like the most Eisley. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, it yeah. really is. I mean, and, and it has a lot of these, these Star Wars beats and, and I even remember when it came out, a lot of people were like, I haven't felt like this way about a movie since Star Wars came out. So, you know, Star Wars is not a thing for me, but the Guardians is kind of like my Star Wars and nowhere would be my canteen. Tina. Um, you get the you get the cool interactions uh, with you know uh, Drax and, and Rocket starting to become friends, and then like Drax just says the wrong fucking thing, and then it becomes a big fight. Uh, you get as weird as Benicio del Toro is as the collector, <laughs> like like it's kind of just cool to see him in that room. Like that that room could have taken this by itself, but it went oh, a little yeah. more broad scope and went with uh, right. nowhere itself. So Nathan, you're up next. Also next we have uh, best character and. Dude, I had... Okay, so Peter Quill, uh, Star-Lord, is the character that I can most relate to in the MCU. Because, yeah, I mean, he's an ordinary guy from Earth, sure. Uh, But we're also, like, about the same age. We both make, you know, frankly, probably constantly, like, annoying late 70s, early 80s fucking (laughs) pop culture references. We're both shredded. Uh, Both fucking shredded. Uh, We And I think we would both take a bullet before we let anybody fuck with our record collection. (laughs) <laughs> um, so, you know, but, but, you know, but, you know, also like, I also watched my mom die of cancer. So like, um, and it's in that scene though, like that first scene in the beginning of the film where he's curled up in the chair with his headphones, listening to uh 10 CCs, I'm not in love. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just trying to use music to cope with all the bad things happening in his life that I feel like I can really relate to because that's, that's me, you know, that's been me my whole life. And it's refreshing to see that translated onto the big screen, you know, to see, like, a Marvel superhero that's, he's just kind of fucked up about his mom, you know what I mean? Like, he's he's vulnerable, um, and he needs music to help keep him grounded and keep him sane. Like, that's something that I can relate to, and that's, you don't often see that in, like, a superhero movie. But, uh, yeah, that's where I went, man. Uh, mine is uh, Captain America. Uh, good old Steve Rogers himself from Winter Soldier. You get to see all aspects of him. Uh, from kind of semi-funny, on your left, mm-hmm. on your left, uh, <laughs> to, uh, like, tragic, you know, fighting against Bucky towards the end. You know, like, uh, the, 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 almost like a spy aspect in certain cases. You get to see this giant gamut of what Steve Rogers is capable of doing, and the entire time, you know... You know he's still the hero. There is mm-hmm. never a question. Uh, I think that that's very similar to what I did in the phase one because you know he was my he was my favorite in phase one as well. Is because he's the 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 ultimate hero in my eye. When it comes to Marvel movies, uh, you know they don't have a Superman. They've got Captain America. And in the Marvel in the MCU, they do a really good job of making a lot of his decisions still super good morally cho- moral choices done by a soldier with a real, with a golden heart, but also still very human. Uh, he's not making these decisions because I'm a hero. He's making the decisions because it's the right thing to do. Right. And you get to see that in all aspects. 
Don't, don't forget my favorite character aspect of him in this, and it's when he goes and visits Peggy. And he's, yes. he, he intentionally puts himself through that. He knows she has Alzheimer's, right. doesn't really remember him, but he gets those little glimpses of, of who she was and like yeah. how happy it makes him, but he knows that like it's also going to tear him apart every fucking time. And he like, almost, he does it intentionally, like goes and like breaks himself mentally yeah. it, because he feels, it, you know, that he needs to have that burden on him, which is pretty nice. But what, what about you, Marshall? Uh, this is this is a tough one. I mean, because there's there's a lot of good characters in this, this just film a lot that we have here, but um, but I'm gonna basically piggyback on Brian, and I I went with Captain America. Um, he's just a. I did not much else to say. That you, you hit it pretty spot on. You know, like I think Brad said in other podcasts, like he is just the genuine, you know, uh, you know, good soldier, moral compass. For everybody, um, I, I like the beats. You know when he's when he when he learns that the Winter Soldier is his you know best friend. Um, the beats where he's you see that you know genuineness in him where he's not gonna he's not gonna fight his best friend. He's just that's he's just not gonna do that, mm-hmm. even if it costs him his life. He's not gonna you know what I mean because he understands that Bucky doesn't understand. And so he just does what he can to try to get him to remember who he was and, and what they were together. So he's just he's just such a genuine, caring character. It's, just, it's impossible not to like Captain America. So, uh, like I said, I think they hit the nail on the head with him. And um, that's what I had to go with for my best character. Cool. Um, I'm going with uh, Guardians again. Uh, but I'm going with Drax, surprisingly. <laughs> oh, yeah. I th- there's there's something there's something fun about Drax where you've seen the character type before, who's like they're kind of aloof. They just they're very literal. They don't get it. But it's it, there's something just slightly different with Drax because it it feels earnest. Like it feels like he's just like he doesn't what like he wants to be included. Like it's like you know this it, it went right over his head. It would never go over my head. My reflexes are too fast. I would catch it. I would like, catch it. He's like, see, we're all we're all here. We're all you know, calm people. But he's also got this this dark twisted past of his family was murdered in front of him, and he will stop at nothing to get revenge on Ronan and then eventually Thanos. Uh, he will even bring Ronan and all his fucking goons right to him when he's drunk as shit, ready to fucking go to town. He knows that's not a fight he's gonna win, but he's ready to fucking go to war. Um, and then, you know, even by the end, like, he's, you know, trying to be more, you know, caring and friendly, and he's like, you know, you, Peter Quill, are my friend. This big dumb tree, he is my friend. This green whore. <laughs> he's, he's trying to, he's trying to make connections, he right. just doesn't have it figured out, you know, and later down the line, in Guardians 2, like, he starts to get, like, more of, like, an intention sense of humor and things, yeah. but, like, I, I appreciate it more when his humor isn't intentional yeah. And, yeah. And in this movie, so I went with Drax. Nathan, up next, best duo. Best duo. Oh my god, there are a lot of good duos. Um, yeah, there are a lot of good duos in this marathon. I would say like Cap and Falcon, Thor and Loki, Scott and Cassie. Uh, but as far as I'm concerned, there's like everyone else, and then there's Rocket and, and Groot. Right? They are definitely, I think, the breakout stars of this movie. And you know, they're hard sells. Like Brian, you said before, like we're talking about a raccoon mercenary, heavy weapons expert. And a giant tree that can speak, but, like, only its own name. Um, and it's kind of an interpretation of that classic straight man, funny guy comedy thing where, like, a lot of their chemistry comes from their differences. Uh, Rocket is loud and abrasive. Groot is quiet and polite. Uh, Rocket looks out for himself. Groot looks out for others. 
Uh, Rocket is tiny, and he's like clearly some kind of fucked up science experiment. Experiment. Uh, Groot is enormous, and he's kind of an embodiment of like the living natural world that like, it couldn't be any more different. Mm-hmm. Um, it's that classic like juxtaposition. And I think it just works and it needs to because if the audience can't get on board, like you said before, man, with like a raccoon and a tree <laughs> as a pair of intergalactic bounty hunters, then I think everything falls apart. The whole MCU cosmic universe falls flat if they can't accept that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they think they do. I think yeah. they do a great job, man. So yeah, they get they get my point. Cool. In an almost uh, ironic mirror of my friend here, uh, it's Rocket and Groot all the way. Um, you know, I love I love Bucky and Cap. I love I lo- you know. There's there's so many other great hits. To a certain d- degree, I like uh, you. You mentioned uh, Scott and Cassie. I didn't yeah. even think of that, but yeah. now like suddenly I'm like, oh shit, that's a really good one. Uh, but no, Rocket and Groot all the way, and it's because they are the Guardians of the Galaxy's Han and Chewie. Mm-hmm. Uh, to a T, the other uh, the 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 scoundrelly pirate, scruffier on the edges, <laughs> literally in the case of mm-hmm. Raccoon, um, and then the uh, you can't really understand him, but he's saying things, but it's totally coming across on the screen. Perfect, this giant monster that you know has that that heart of gold on the inside. Uh, yeah, like Rocket and Groot hits all the same like heartbeats for me that Han and Chewie do in the original uh, the original Star Wars trilogy. What about you, Marsh? You going with uh, Rocket and Groot as well? Uh, actually, I'm going to switch it up, and I'm going to go with Groot and Rocket. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Touche. I like their interplay a little bit more than you guys did. Uh, no, it's, I'm not going to get as deep as Nathan did there, but yeah, it's for me it was the same. It's, it's Rocket and Groot. They just, they're a lot of fun to be around with. They have really clever dialogue between them, even though, like you said, one of them only says his name. Uh, but you know what he's saying. Um, you can certainly sense the bond that's been built between them, um, and that Rocket, though he gives him a hard time, generally cares about Groot. Um, and Groot has genuine feelings for for Rocket as well. Like they're just, like you said, they're kind of that kind of buddy combo, straight man, funny man. But uh, and again, I'll piggyback off Nathan. Like if they didn't work. None of this would have worked. So, so they did just a phenomenal job with those two. They're just like I said again. There's so many different duos in these movies that there's a lot you could go with. But I think, I think these ones are just that notch above them. So, yeah, uh, there aren't too many live action movies where there are like fully CGI characters that you just fall in love with. Yeah. And, and this has two. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, and they work together, and it's ro- it's Rocket and Groot, uh, obviously for me as well. There is even even when they're you know at the height of their badassness, you know, in the kiln, and Rocket's riding his back, and Groot's <laughs> just fucking screaming, you know, like that's incredible. Um, you get the two like big emotional weights, you know, yep. for me personally, even like just how like tortured and and ruined Rocket is without ever really knowing his backstory, but you know that like. He's gone through some serious fucking shit too, yeah. and and then Groot, you know, by the end sacrifices himself for everybody, and he has the the moment with the little girl where he sprouts the flower out of his hand mm-hmm. and gives it to her, and it's like this is just big fucking sweet gentle dude, and and then it's like fucking angry little man who like he's got this <laughs> Napoleon complex to him, but like he's got a lot of heart and and will in him as well. There's just so much like embodied in two CGI characters that yeah. like. There, there shouldn't be, but it is. They're the, yeah, the Han and Chewie, the Timon and Pumbaa, you know, of the MCU. 
<laughs> all right, Nathan. Uh, in in all these comic book movies, we have villains. MCU not uh, that known for amazing villains, but uh, what do you got this time? I think they waste a lot of villains in MCU. Oh, they do. In oh MCU, phase, phase two. two specifically, I think they waste the shit out of some villains, man. But uh, I like Ronan. Uh, okay. Ronan, I think, works, man. Ronan is a political extremist. Uh, in his opening dialogue, he's like rising up from this black liquid on board a Kree warship. That is pretty. He says, you know, they call they call him a terrorist, a radical, a zealot because he obeys the ancient laws of his people. Uh, the Kree and the Nova Empire were at war for a thousand years in this story before a peace treaty was signed. But like Ronan refuses to forgive the Zandarians for taking the life of his father and his father before him, and his father before him. Uh, he reminds this prisoner, like, moments before brutally executing him with a hammer, that, you know, a thousand years of war between us will not be forgotten. Uh, he fervently be believes that the Zandarians and their culture are like a disease, and that he will cure it, that he's going to, like, burn it away with righteous fire. I think that's fucking cool, man. Like, that's a, <laughs> that's a fucking good villain. Um he has a motive that I can understand. He has the means to carry out his vengeance. Uh, I also think that he is a great foil to the Guardians because he's basically their exact opposite. Uh, he's this ruthless warrior who's cold and uncaring and unmoved by the lives that he's taken. He's so single-minded um, in this almost kind of religious determination that he murders his enemies and his allies. Uh, he even turns on Thanos pretty much the instant that he believes that he doesn't fucking need him anymore. Uh, and he's so he's just so, so serious. And you compare that to like the Guardians, who are like this ragtag group of fucking misfits and like losers mm -hmm. who bumble through the galaxy and fall ass backwards into heroism. Like, I think that's a good. You know what I mean? Like, he's a great uh, foil. It's, it's again, it's that classic juxtaposition that I think Guardians does so well in so many different levels. And he's got that real evil moment when Drax is like telling him like, <clears throat> "You killed like my wife and yeah, child." Yeah, he's yeah. like, "Don't even, don't even remember it." Like. Yeah, yeah, I like, doubt this, I'll remember this you. This is yeah. your whole fucking world is that I killed them? Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know who the fuck they are. Like, Ugh, fuck you, you <laughs> asshole. <laughs> Ugh, I hate you. I love the war paint, too. The war paint's cool, and yeah, I didn't notice cool how much I liked it until he didn't have it in Captain Marvel. I was, was, was bothering oh, me because yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. what is it about this that's different? <laughs> and it just doesn't have the war paint. Natalie, I think that's all it is. Natalie wasn't sure it was the same actor at first. I like, wasn't sure She either. was like, did they recast him? I was like, no, that's Lee Pace. He's, like, yeah. he's just not all dolled up. Hmm. He's not angry. He doesn't, he's not carrying his ultimate weapon. He's a weapon. little pissed. He ain't quite full-on genocidal yet. <laughs> yeah. So my best villain slash antagonist is a super weird choice considering all of the gamut yeah, that yeah. we have yeah. uh, because he's only on screen for like 15 minutes. Okay. As Ulysses Claw. Okay. So, uh -huh. so Claw in the comics is one of the goofiest, stupidest <laughs> fucking characters he is a guy made of living sound in a red jumpsuit with a vibranium hand. That's what he has, and he is super dumb. And when they said Claw was going to be in Age of Ultron, I was like, and that Andy Serkis was playing yeah. him, I was like, that's what two the? strikes against him. Yeah, I'm, I'm, like, I'm, like, I'm like, is he just going to be a big mocap weirdo? Like, what is going on? And then we meet him, and I'm like, so he's not a weird sound doctor, he's... Oh, He's just a weird. vibranium <laughs> fucking arms dealer. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's fucking rad! <laughs> and then by the end of the by the end the end of his scene, he loses his hand. And mm -hmm. I looked. I, I don't even remember who I saw it with. And I looked over and I was like, "Oh, fucking a! He's getting a vibranium <laughs> hand. <laughs> this is gonna be bad as shit." Uh, and then sure enough, later on we find him uh, later. But like even better, yeah, Black it, Panther. It was yeah. one of those things where I saw this character, 
I knew he was going to be here, and I thought I was going to make fun of him. Like, I thought I was going to get to this and go, oh, let's look at the big doofy doofy guy in the mocap suit. And I was blown away by the fact they made this shit character into something really cool. And it was just a little tiny tidbit. And it also, I think he outshines Ultron. Uh, Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Can I just say, like, the fact that I honestly believe, I agree with you, that he is a better villain than Ultron. 100%. Speaks to how (laughs) profound... Profoundly, they fucked up Ultron. <laughs> How completely they fucked up Ultron. Well, yeah, and so, and so I, which is one of the reasons why I got so uh, like we'll deal with that later when we get into you know other phases. But uh, Black Panther's treatment of him, I I loved it up until they Marvel him, uh, mm-hmm. like which that's my verb for killing a character off unnecessarily, and that was. Uh, uh, it, it, it strikes a chord with me. And there's so many other good villains. Like, I like Ronan, but uh, part of that is Ronan from the comics is better, I think. And right. so I see him on screen and I go, meh. You know, it's like, all right. But it's it, it was they, they, they took a shit character and turned it into a fantastic screen yeah. presence. So that's my thing. What about you, Marsh? Where are you sitting on Best Villain? Um, like, like Nathan said, it's kind of a weaker category. Um, I wasn't necessarily drawn to any of them in particular that much. Um, they all felt a little bland for the most part. Um, I do like Ronan, and I guess it could have, I could see myself going that way. But I, in the end, I don't know. I I went with Malekith from Dark World. He's, yeah, I guess he's kind of got a similar Ronan vibe. But I don't know. I just liked, I liked his design. I liked him visually. Um... He's just so evil and unforgiving. Um, he's got that kind of, again, he's similar to Ronan, I guess. He's got that history where he's avenging, you know, his people. Um, you know, he, he's... I actually just watched it again a little bit ago. I thought he killed Thor's mom, but he's not the one that actually kills her. But more or less, he kills her. <laughs> um, and I don't know, there's just there was this kind of an intensity to him quiet intensity here and there um, that some of these other villains didn't have. Uh, like I said, it's kind of a, a weak category, you know, like many people have said with Marvel. Um, but I don't know, there's something about him stuck with me more so than most of the others. Um, so that's the way I went. I went with Malekith from Dark World. Yeah, I think Malekith gets like a bad rap just because he was in a bad movie. He's actually pretty good. <laughs> yeah. pretty- Cool in the movie. He's got an awesome look. I, I like. I, the, I love the way Mal- Malekith. I, th- I thought looks. the Dark Elves themselves looked really neat. Yeah. yeah, I don't have a lot of great things to say about Dark World, man. But the visual design of the Dark Elves, and I like that he like speaks subtitled fucking uh-huh. elf or whatever. Like, I yeah. love that. That's cool. Yeah. Man. Yeah. All right. I know I'm gonna catch shit from somebody here. I uh, hope it's the fake man, but it's gonna be the fake. Man. Oh That's yes. Me. <laughs> I, and it's it's not. It's, uh, trust me. I, I'm not a huge oh, fan. I'm not a fan of the twist. I am a fan of the Mandarin we see in these terrorist videos. Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh, if I it was real, I'd be with you. No, I, yeah. yeah, I I am a massive fan of like because the Mandarin is like he's obviously Iron Man's big bad in the comics, but like he's kind of goofy looking. He's kind of he's kind of weird a little bit, but like like you're like yeah, I, I still want to see that on screen. And they updated it, I think, fucking perfect. If he was this like fucking Osama bin Laden, yep. fucking leading little terrorist cells, trying to fucking just kill little pockets of the world, mm-hmm. and like. He sends out these videos, and he has uh, uh, the great fucking line. Uh, let me find that real fast. Uh, where he goes, a true story about fortune cookies. Yeah. They look Chinese. They sound Chinese. But they're actually an American invention. 
which is why they're hollow, full of lies, and leave a bad taste in your mouth. And I just, like, there's just something, like, so fucking cool, and, it, and part of it is Ben Kingsley is fucking great, and even when he switches to Trevor, I, I think he's <laughs> fucking doing a great job acting as Trevor, even though the character switch is kind of dumb. But the Mandarin, on screen, doing these terrorist videos, <laughs> like, threatening the president, like, taking credit for all these, like, other fucking things that are happening that he has nothing to do with. Are just fucking awesome, dude. Like for the longest time, dude, I had the Mandarin in quotations or whatever as my <laughs> best villain for this. Because I, agree. Uh-huh. it is, it is a, it's a shitty category. I think they wasted the Mandarin most of all. I think wasted this fucking character, dude. Yeah. Uh, but when he's on that first fucking half an hour or whatever before they've revealed the twist or whatever, I am so on board with that character mm. with this like. With, you know what I mean, just showing up and being like, you'll never see me coming. <laughs> you know, that fucking oh. shit, like, he's this Ten Rings, like, fucking terrorist, like, I love it. We'll, we'll get we'll get to more of my thoughts on that when we get to the, <laughs> what, the what the fuck <laughs> moment. Oh, yeah, it's coming. Yeah, it's coming. <laughs> oh, oh, it's coming. I swear, I switched, like, zero hour to Ronin. <laughs> so, <laughs> I was like, you know, I can't do this. My, I can't have this be best <laughs> My flip, my almost, my almost claw, or the one, the one that claw edged him out. Was uh, Robert Redford's character? Oh, Alexander um, Pierce. Yeah, Pierce. I like Pierce. So, and the reason why I couldn't is because it let me down that it wasn't what I thought it was going to be, and it's totally my my expectations. Yeah. So, the animated Winter Soldier movie that was from like just uh, the Avengers Assemble it was like four episodes long or whatever. Um, they have a really really similar overall structure. Okay. Uh, where the <laughs> bad guy is the leader of Shield, and he comes in. You know, there's like that whole office scene is real similar, except at the end of mm. the cartoon he scooby-doo's and pulls off his fucking face and he's red skull and it's it's red skull that has been doing it the whole time getting hydra and shield and and i would have dug the i would have been so on board with him coming back as that and then when it ended up being that he was just another hydra dude i was like oh i don't hate it conceptually you know it's it's like it's like you know red skull got killed you know what i mean and the whole point of hydra is like you cut off one head and two more grow in its place you know what i mean so like they can still propagate. They can still, yeah. you know, I, I like it, but I, I don't love it. It was, for me, it was, I wanted the callback the cartoon gave me. And the, there's <clears> the <throat> scene in Winter Soldier where he's talking to the to Bucky in the, in the chair. Mm-hmm. He hits him. He punches Bucky. And the sound guy, the fucking, the, 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 the sound generator, uh, it makes a metallic sound. It makes a tung oh, when yeah. he hits him. And I'm like, oh, that was a giveaway. It's he's got superpowers. It's fucking Red Skull. They're, they're doing the cartoon. I'm, and I will shit my pants. And then later on, I got so let down by that moment. I was like, no, he's just old. <laughs> he's, just, he's just Robert. Damn he's it, just Robert. I was like, no, that's not that's not the way this should go. So that's why Claw took it out. Well, every good villain needs a foil. So Nathan, who do you have? as best hero protagonist. You know what? I thought it was going to be Captain America, but it's not. <laughs> it's, yeah. uh, it's fucking Scott Lang, dude. Whoa! Uh, so, the the criminal, right? <laughs> um, look, uh, whenever we talk about best heroes, we inevitably talk about what it means to be a hero. You know, what it means to be heroic. And I feel that, you know, often we agree that self-sacrifice is a big factor. If someone lays down their life to protect others, they earn a spot on the short list for best hero, as far as I'm concerned. And off the top of my head, I think there are like three characters who sacrifice their lives in this marathon. Uh, Quicksilver pushes yeah. Hawkeye and that Sokovian kid out of the way, <laughs> but fuck Quicksilver. Uh, uh, not Quicksilver. Don't use that. They don't own the rights. To- well, they do now, but they didn't. The okay. uh, Groot grows into a sphere and protects his friend when the dark aster crashes into Xandar. That's up there pretty high. Mm. Uh, and Scott Lang goes subatomic to kill Darren Cross and save his daughter Cassie. 
Uh, you know, and the more I thought about it, the more I realized that Scott was sacrificing himself throughout the entire movie. I mean, yeah. he's this genius with a master's degree in electrical engineering, and he puts himself to work at Baskin Robbins, you know, just so we can see his daughter again. Uh, I mean, the moment he gets out of jail, he shows up at her birthday party where he clearly isn't welcome. They don't, you know, his his ex-wife and her new fiance don't want him there. Uh, but all he wants to do is to make his daughter happy. Uh, <clears throat> when he can't make ends meet because felons just don't have the same opportunities as everyone else, he gets back into that life so that he can provide for her. Uh, and then when Yellow Jacket goes crazy, shows up at the house, uh, is moments away from killing Cassie, Scott doesn't hesitate. Like, he knows what's going to happen if he goes some atomic because he heard Hank talk about Janet. Uh, but, I mean, he doesn't hesitate. The last words he says before he shrinks to get between the molecules of the suit are, I love you, Cassie. And, you know, yeah, like... He uses the pin particles to get big again, but he didn't know. He didn't have a plan. He didn't know that was going to work. You know what I mean? Like, the instant that he, you know, knew he had to save his daughter, he just fucking threw himself into it. Like, I, you know, cool, I love you, I'll do this to save you. I think that's a fucking hero, man. So, uh, <clears throat> Nate and I's list are really similar, apparently. Uh, I went with Scott Lang as well. Hey! Um, for a lot of the same reasons, but for me it wasn't the self-sacrifice. It was, he was... Uh, always the upbeat for me I, every time he's on screen i'm smiling um he's maybe not doing all the right things but he's doing the right things for, or he's doing the wrong things for the right reason right. and scott triggers something for me personally because when ant-man came out i was still kind of reeling from my divorce and being a single dad for a little while and and so there's a lot of there's a lot of things that were happening in scott's life that made me go Okay, you know, if I had a, a super suit, I would be doing this too, and anything for my kid. Right. And uh, so he just, it really, it's the one thing that Cap doesn't have going for him, is Cap doesn't have that family aspect that I can say that Cap can sacrifice himself, and the only people that lose is America and everybody else. You know, he has personal connections, he has people that, that will... Will will wither and wither and die, socially speaking. Mm -hmm. uh, when if Scott doesn't come back, and uh, so he, yeah, he's funny. The uh, he does a great job with the tech. This brand new crazy technology he's given. <clears throat> he has Antony. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, a little bit, yeah. Like best sidekick animal ever. Why is it a number? Don't know. You don't name them because they're just gonna die anyways. They just fucking names one anyways. Yeah. No. It's just, so Scott got it for me because he hits on all kinds of different buttons, and I think especially going into phase two where we do get to meet a lot of new people, he stands out as not a carbon copy of anybody else. All right, Marshall. What do you think? Um, yeah, no shit. I thought it was going to be unique, but I'm going with Scott Lang. Hey, all right. I nobody, I thought everyone was going to fucking hate this choice because it was going to be Captain America or Peter Quill. I was like, no, I'm going to go with Scott Lang um, for everything you just guys said. I don't know that I can say much else because um, I think he hit it all, all out of the park with that. He's just, compared to a lot of the other heroes in these movies, he's the most, you know, uh, human the most like normal you know he doesn't have superpowers um and and like you touched on brian i think with some of these other ones you know those those other heroes save more people um and you know if, if cap died there'd be a lot of sad people but there there's not quite anybody that would be personally affected whereas if you know like like been established with scott 
at the end, for me, that hit. Phase one, I think one of the only like unanimous categories we had was hero, and we were yeah. all like, "Yeah, it's Captain America." Yeah. And it's fucking <laughs> yeah. So you would think, like, of course it's going to be in this one too, but we don't have that like falling on their grenade scene. Yeah, you know, right. we, we don't get that in this, so it doesn't stand out as much. And then I jumped to Peter Quill, and I was like, he, you know, he does sacrifice himself at the end. He grabs the stone, knowing that it's probably going to kill him. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, sacrificing himself for this whole planet, this whole like galaxy that doesn't even fucking belong to him. And then I switched it to Groot. Because Groot, you know, sacrifices himself completely, like, kills himself uh, to save them. And then it changed about two minutes ago when you fucking spoke and you fucking spoke. Because <laughs> you're all fucking right. It's Scott Lang. And I can't believe I'm saying that. Because like, I never, like, switch my fucking shit up. Or, like, you said it and I was like, eh, he's kind of right, but I'm sticking with it. And Brian said it I was like, all right, maybe I'll make this a tie. And then Marshall said I'm like, no, nah, you guys are fucking right. It's, it's Scott Lang for all the reasons you said. So... Kudos, kudos to you. Hey! You're welcome. Uh, Alright, next up we have best kill or death. Or defeat. Or defeats. Okay, so, um, it's the dance-off, man. It's the dance-off with Ronan. <laughs> oh, um, no. So, this is one of the better, in my opinion, final confrontations in the MCU. Um... And a lot of that comes down, again, to that classic sort of juxtaposition of character elements that work so well mm-hmm. in this movie. Ronan has, against all odds, survived the crash and emerged from the wreckage of his warship. His plan is complete, Kyle. You know, like, is. He, he has essentially won. Um, you know, the time has come, he announces. Uh, Rejoice and denounce your paltry gods. Your salvation is at hand. And he raises that fucking hammer above his head with the Infinity Stone shining... And, like, three feet away from him is this fucking asshole just, like, <laughs> staring him in the face and, like, dancing and singing this old Chicago soul fucking song by Five Stair Steps. And it's, like, just enough of a distraction that he pauses for a second, literally, to just be like, what the fuck is your problem? <laughs> and, like, that's just that brief moment is all the time Rocket needed to, like, fix the gun and, like, turn the tables and then everything else after that is grabbing the stone. I think that's fucking awesome, man. Mm. It's so cool. Uh, that's not my best kill. <laughs> uh, we, we, we differ here. Hey. Um, it's, it's a great scene. It's a, it's a super fun scene, but it does not rank up to what I would consider to be the best <laughs> Um Mine actually uh, comes out of uh, Thor uh, The Dark World. Uh, it's when Loki dies. Uh, I think that that's probably the moment that I honestly cared about Loki. Like, up until then, you know, he's been a shit heel, he's been a problem, he's been, yeah, he's trying to ride that little anti-hero line for a little bit, but when he's laying there legitimately, you know, turning blue and, you know, looking at his... And, and Thor's fucking uh, honestly distraught. Mm. Uh, I, that's like a, a real heartfelt moment for me, and I thought that it, it, signs, it signs Loki as a... A, a well well written very all around character and then they end up bringing it back but regardless it was that moment itself is mm. it, it really stands out as probably my favorite part of that whole movie cool all right on man 
Marshall, what kind of death do you like? <laughs> <laughs> um, I went a little bit more, I guess, obscure. Um, you know, these are big action movies. There's a lot of stuff going on. There's a lot of deaths and explosions and shit. Um, I didn't go so specific with the, the main villain or anything. Um, in the uh, big battle scene at the end of Ultron, um, there's just a kill by Thor where he blasts down some lightning and blows up the big fucking oil tanker. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I like that one. I don't know. That one stuck with me. I was like, that's pretty badass. Like, I don't know if we killed, but it worked for me. So, I'm giving it that one. Age of Ultron for Thor blowing up the oil tanker. Nothing wrong with a big See? popcorn kill every once in a while. I enjoy him too. Actually, I kind of do like that one now. <laughs> uh, mine's also from Throw the Dark World, but it's a completely different one than what you two guys had, and it's Frigga's death. Oh, um, yeah. Because it actually it sets the, that movie in motion. It's what, and it leads to what I, again what I brought up earlier the best scene when you know Loki's in his fucking cell just a fucking shell and yeah. just like it's so distraught and broken because he cares about nothing in the world except for Frigga. Like he mm. he fucking loved that woman and and that scene just like really like sets that movie in gear and it you know brings the the fucking you know badassery out of Thor that you, you're waiting for and it it sends you know Odin into despair and it sends Loki into despair and it even sends Jane you know into a little bit of a fucking like oh shit like shit's getting real with this dude um, and so that would that not only that death like play on so many characters but it led to the best moment in Thor Dark World alright and up next we have the what the fuck category so let's go around uh, give some of your runner ups and then uh, we'll hit off with uh, what we actually chose at the end alright cool man um Dude, I got a lot of what the fucks. So, like, I, I got, like, half a page on this Iron Man 3 alone. Um, okay, so, like, let's just talk about Iron Man 3 for a second, okay? Sure. Um, there are a couple scenes where, like, uh, Tony will, like, he'll, like, flick his fucking wrist and try to call in the Iron Man shit. Like, he's in fucking Florida. His The nearest suit is in Tennessee. You know what I mean? Like, and we're expected, like... How fucking fast is this shit gotta move <laughs> to respond in the same scene? It's impossible. It's it so takes, fucked up. It, it, it takes airplanes like an hour and a half to I make know. that trip. You're saying like you're saying he fucking first of all, what's the signal range? You know what I mean? Like, like what's the fucking signal range on this shit that that he expects? He fucking expects that like as he's talking to these goons, like all right, motherfuckers, you better you better uh, just give up because I'm just gonna flick my wrists. And he thinks that in that moment, that's going to come from Tennessee to get to his hands and free him. Later, he calls him in from fucking Malibu. Like, this is... Cr- I mean, and now, granted, with that scene, he, I watched it and it was like, he calls him in in, the, in like kind of the morning and then it cuts to uh, the evening when they actually assault like the, the, the dock or whatever, the yeah, pier. Yeah. So I can kind of see like, okay, maybe they had eight, nine, ten hours of flight. The- well, I don't know what the fuel... Capacity is on these fucking like just joint joints flying around the fucking air, but well, like, well, considering weren't they all supposed to be powered by the arc reactor thing that is in him? Yeah, I don't like so like there's like seventy of them flying around right. like fucking sparrows in dark half, right? And and but they're obviously okay. I know. know, and and like the bad guy. So like again, imagine that 
He called these fucking things in and they flew across the country. And like, no, the bad guys are unaware that they're coming. Like, it would be all over the fucking news. Like, yo, there's like a fleet of, uh, like, fucking Iron Man. Iron Man like, are there in There would be flights. fucking helicopters just following them. Like, what the fuck is this about? I don't know. Some shit's going down, guys. You know? Like, I don't know, man. And they show up and it's like, oh, I don't know. It fucking, it's, anyway, what you got? Uh, so, I, I, as far as, like, runner-up went, I already talked about the whole Robert Redford not being Red Skull thing. That was one of my what-the-fucks. I was like, oh, super opportunity, that gotta happen. My my general what-the-fuck for most Marvel movies is, like I said, marveling is a verb in my house, and that means wasting your awesome comic book villain by killing them off for absolutely no reason other than you don't want to ever have to pay them again. Uh, and that's my runner-up. But my primary what-the-fuck... As anyone who's listened to me talk let's, about let's, let's, anything. Let's, let's hold on for our, oh, our yeah, yeah, actual yeah. winners until the end. Well, we're oh, going to oh, oh, round real quick. Oh, that wasn't your big... No, no. no. Oh, Jesus. No, sir. Oh, oh no. Oh, no, sir. <laughs> All right, Marshall, do you have yeah. any backups you want to run through? Um, I've got a few. I'm sure I don't have quite as many as Nathan. Um, there, I mean, sure, there's plenty of stuff. But there's just some little things, some just really funny little things to me. And Ant-Man... Um, the scene where he kills the lamb, you know, where he yeah. shoots the thing at the lamb and it turns into that glob. There's a there's like a, a researcher scientist standing next to him and he's like shocked. I'm like, this is this is number thirty four. Have you <laughs> yeah. this is your first day on the job? Like has he not does he not know what's going on at this place? And he's shocked that this has happened. Uh, and then and immediately following that is another what the fuck where he's like, all right, bring in 35C. I'm like, you haven't changed anything with the experiment. It's going to happen. You haven't done anything to, unless they do something that they didn't show. Like, I don't know what's going to change that they're going to need to kill another lamb. <laughs> silly to me. Um, at that point, you're then, just killing sheep for then, the fuck of it. Yeah, I it sounds cool bring in 35c I'm like it, it literally just exploded the other lamp so nothing and then in that same movie there's one uh, it's near the end where the yellow jacket they're fighting in the helicopter and he's like shooting his laser beams all over the fucking helicopter and there's holes in it and shit and the and the, the pilot's just like we gotta set her down somewhere uh, <laughs> you think so like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't think you can set it down. You've got half a blade and you've got holes through it. It's just, it was so ridiculous at that point. I'm like, your helicopter's blown to shit. You're not setting it down. So, little things like that get to me. But I've got some more. I don't know if you want to okay, go. Okay, yeah, yeah, we'll keep going. I, I, I can, I'll run a couple. I've just got a couple of short ones, so I'll just hit these out. Uh, what? Why is Killian Aldridge like so fucking mad at Tony? Because he blew him off for a meeting one time in 1997? Whoa, let's blow up the whole fucking world because some guy wouldn't talk to me at a fucking party. What the fuck? Uh, in Thor The Dark World, Heimdall gets snuck up on a lot in this movie. <laughs> for being the dude who can see through all the realms? He can oh, see yeah. like a billion miles away, but like... He can't see that that dude in the fucking prison is going to, like, fucking go ape shit and blow shit up. Like, a fucking elf ship comes up right next to the body. Oh, no, that's cool, though. He detects it. It's a, cool, it's it. a cool shot, but he's like, huh, huh. Whoa, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? <laughs> uh, let's see. Um, in Winter Soldier, like, it's it's a it's a cool in principle, but he just hides that USB, USB behind two packets of gum. So you gotta really hope that <laughs> two people don't want to fucking buy gum at the hospital. Uh, and 
And fucking uh, Black Widow finds it real goddamn quick. Anyways, uh, in Guardians, there's not a whole lot of what the fuck is me, but like, where where's the tape deck come from that's in the Milano? Like, who built that? Who was like, oh, we have one tape in the entire galaxy that we know of. Let's build you an entire machine inside your ship to play that one t- tiny little fucking thing. Uh, and then uh, my last runner up from Amp. Uh, from Ant-Man, and it's uh, just that Edgar Wright got dropped from it, because Ant-Man's on the lower scale to me for yeah. Marvel movies, but I think if Edgar Wright had directed it, it would probably be in my top ten. I Because yeah. I think he would have brought such a, a completely different flair, and I think Marvel really fucked up on that one, and the two the two big fuck-ups they've had is is getting rid of Edgar Wright and then firing James Gunn, but they at least corrected one of them <laughs> right. as of as of today. Maybe, hopefully, somewhere down the line, they can correct, correct that second one and, and let him back in. <laughs> Uh, okay, cool. Uh, we'll just continue on the Iron Man 3 train, yeah. right? Um, so, the, um, that, like, nameless extremist goon, like, the main henchman yeah. that Killian has, he can like fucking Jason pilot... Jason looking dude. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, exactly. That dude can pilot the war machines. Well, how the fuck... Yeah. It, it just, it drives me fucking crazy when, like, any random fucking person can do this. And, you know, it's why I, I looked up to make sure he was actually nameless. He's not nameless. That's cold blood. That's... Exactly. Wait, really? That's cold blood. He's credited as cold blood. Why would? Why? <laughs> what? What the fuck is this about? He's, it's just some nameless fucking dude. Now, cold blood is not a major fucking character. He's a, he's a, like a tier three villain right. at best. But 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 that but he's cold blood. They never refer to him by any name <clears throat> in the whole movie. I don't. Even, I mean, you know what I mean. But like, that's one of those one of those script notes that someone's like, eh, yeah. Well, there you go. Cool Easter egg in the credits. Yeah. Well, cool. I guess. Um, honestly, the whole Mandarin thing, like, it doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't have to be. Imagine if you just reimagine the script, where like, oh my God. Uh, the the Mandarin is he is what he is in the beginning, right? You've got him, he, he's just taking vengeance on the West, and he has this radical ideology, and he's the leader of the Ten Rings. You've got Aldrich Killian, who has this sort of super soldier serum, but it fucks up and makes people blow up half the time, and it's so he can't find a buyer for it. But the Mandarin has a use for sometimes super soldiers, sometimes people that blow the fuck up. Yeah. Like, I can use that. and then either one. Yeah. I can use either one of those things. And so, like, that seems cool. It doesn't have to fucking be like this. It doesn't have to be a shitty joke. <laughs> right, it doesn't have to be... Yeah, so, okay. Um, one more. One more. I know you got more. One more before I kick it over to you. Uh, not, so, Dark World. When the Dark Elf ship, like, crashes into the throne room... It mm. takes out like seventy-five fucking pillars on the way yeah, through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and then later, when uh, when Thor goes to pilot it or whatever, like they take out. A bu- they even say like, "Did you take them? Uh, did you get them all?" You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, like, are they yeah. not load-bearing pillars? Like they appear to be <laughs> load-bearing pillars. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. It just like like you're seriously you crashed the entire floor. Yeah. Like okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you got any more runner up for uh, it? So it's a it's a Thor Dark World. So fucking uh the what's his name? Uh not it's Knockath? Cur uh Kurs? The Cursed the it's Kurs or something that's like his that that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So they bring him in as a prisoner uh-huh. before he grows. 
And so they just basically walk this dude into the prison with a bunch of other guys. Nobody checks him for this fucking grenade thing that he's like, if I sniff this, I get 10 feet tall and break through shit. I'm like, you're in an Asgardian prison. Right. The only people you've ever put in here are extra-dimensional <laughs> aliens that are strong as fucking oxes. And this dude, he's like, hey, skull face, you know, I'm scary. I hung out with these ogre dudes. It's fine. No big deal. And they're like, what's that thing in his belt? It's probably his lunch. He brought his soup. We have to feed one less prisoner. And so he gets in there. He opens it up. He takes his big red whiff and breaks out. And all shit breaks loose. And it's like, why? You're As Asgardians, you are shitty at your jobs. Yeah. All of you are terrible. Right, and Malekith's entire plan hinged on them not yeah. finding exactly, this. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so Malekith's entire plan is for this breakout to happen. All they had to do is go, ah, Thermos, over here, buddy. <laughs> and, and and it's done. And he's stuck in the prison that obviously you can't get out of because Loki couldn't even fucking escape, and he's the god of tricksters. So you can't get out of this prison if he's got this can of soup. And so just take it away from him. One of the little shiny gold guys, Heimdall should have fucking seen it. Heimdall should have seen that. And, and so that's... It's it's just it's it's infuriating because <laughs> like I see I'm like wait wait what how wait what what's going on at least give me a scene where like he's stealing a weapon from an Asgardian right. and using that to break or out he's or keistered it or something <laughs> you know what why not Ragnarok was a bunch of dick jokes we can have a we can have a fucking prison pocket for this one but yeah it was it was frustrating as fuck for me because again I loved I loved the fucking grenades anytime someone got killed by a singularity grenade that was fucking yeah, that yeah. was awesome uh, visually Thor Dark World was fucking brilliant it really I, I, yeah I agree yeah. but that's really kind of where it ends yeah. as far as it's brilliance goes and my last what the fuck I can go on for a lot longer okay uh, Marsh what is your uh, small runner ups there uh, I've got just a couple more um, they're not big ones but uh, in uh, Winter Soldier, um, it's uh, near the end of that big battle. Uh, Falcon gets one of his wings blown off, and he starts falling to the ground, and he deploys his chute like 200 feet before he hits the ground, <laughs> and then just lands and rolls. And uh, this is a theme for me. <laughs> I'll get into another one here. He's human. Like, uh -huh. As far as I know, there's nothing else special about him, so that would still hurt. That would still break some bones. I just... I don't care what kind of suit he's got on. That's, that that doesn't work for me. Like he yeah. literally just opened it and then landed, and <laughs> and it's in following that in um, Age of Ultron in uh, the big end battle there. Like Black Widow and and just all the humans get blown to shit and they all survive somehow. They they're, they're blown through windows and whatnot and it's just much for me sometimes mm -hmm. uh, and then there's the and I noticed it I hadn't noticed it before you know they're taking the uh, Sokovia up into the air and he mentioned that they're 18,000 feet up and I'm like no one's affected by this rise and <laughs> this rapid increase in altitude and then I thought well, like, well actually you know Captain America he's a super soldier I guess and like some of these other people I can excuse and I'm like not Black Widow she's just a, she's just a normal lady so I think she would feel some effects from this, and nobody does. None of the none of the just civilians do. No one's puking, you know. No one's having any sort of effect. So it's just one of those little things. They even specifically said how high up they are, and so I looked it up. Like, at what altitude would you start feeling stuff? And I was like, they should have been something should have happened there. She should have been a little winded at some point. So. 
Uh, I did. I did think of another runner-up for me, and it's uh. So Captain America: Winter Soldier is this big spy espionage movie, right? And it's like, don't trust anybody. You know, even Fury tells him that, like, you can't trust anybody. Like, it's you, like I trust you because obviously you're Captain Fucking America. <clears throat> and so he trusts. He ends up trusting two people in this movie. He trusts a woman who's an admitted double spy, <laughs> <laughs> and a guy he met on his morning runs. <laughs> <laughs> Like, that's... I, you lucked out. <laughs> you really lucked out that those two people ended up being on your side. Because that's pretty fucking uh, shitty choosing on uh, who you trust. So, another one of my man, it kind of piggybacks off of the whole don't trust anybody thing. Like, I get the whole don't trust everybody thing, but, like, not everyone in the fucking world can be a Hydra agent. Like, yeah. it cannot be... Like, I get that there's, like, a cell inside shield you know maybe even it goes up to the top like i can buy that but like how many fucking millions of people have to be involved in the creation of these three fucking helicarriers or whatever like and they they like and we're looking at like like the list of people that it's gonna kill like the president is on it yeah (laughs) like you know what i mean that there's no there's not one trustworthy person among any of the people working on this um even still uh in avengers Tony steals all of S.H.I.E.L.D.'s information, right? Like, oh, yeah. Like, he hacks yeah. it? Like, wouldn't there be even one little bit of information and oh, all that yeah. stuff he stole that, like, there's a cell going on somewhere in, in Hydra? Yeah, that's or, fucking... Or, ri- yes, that's right? true. I never right? thought about that. None um, of them ever make mistakes, ever. Never. But, like, yeah. Everyone... Everyone is fucking Hydra. Like, even, like, Senator Stern shows up. And, like, first of all, he looks like 240 pounds of, like, human bubble gum in this fucking movie. <laughs> but, like... He, like, Rest in like, peace, Gary Shandell. You know, but, but, like, but, like, even he's Hydra. Like, like, I get it. He was just a dick. You know what I mean? But he doesn't have to be Hydra. Well, so, in that, in that moment, you get the, he leans over and he does that little wink, wink, nod. Yeah. Hail Hydra. So you're saying that no one has ever been around when one of that yeah, shit yeah, happened. Yeah. Someone's a, did, did he say Hail Hydra? Did he say Hail Hydra? <laughs> No, I said I mean, no. I said stay hydrated. It's stay <laughs> hydrated. It's fucking hot. Um, another quick, quick one from uh, Winter Soldier, man. Uh, it's on the highway scene, and I like the highway scene, man. Um, but when there's the guy with the fucking minigun comes out and shooting Cap, and he puts the shield up, he walks like fucking twenty yards, I bet, just with the shield up. Like shoot him in the fucking legs, kid. Like you know what I mean? Like the shield is this big, like. Hit him in the fucking legs. What? How hard is it? Well, that's, that's, he just walks up. That's, that's, a, com- that's a comic book trope for all. For, <laughs> like, how many times have we seen Batman get into, no, get sure. into firefights and it's like, hit him in the chin. Like, oh my fucking mouth. <laughs> it's like how in urinals when they paint like bees on the inside. It's so you don't piss everywhere. <laughs> so he's just aiming for the shield. <laughs> What do you have anything else, man? My, my my next one could be a diatribe that goes on for days. We could do an entire. Is your actual winner? This is my winner. Okay, so okay, we'll, we'll save it until we're all there. Does anybody else have runners up? I don't have any more. You got any more, Marshall? Uh, no, I just got my final one. I have just. I'll be fast. Okay. okay do, do, um. There's that the in Age of Ultron with like the fucking. It's coming. Like yeah, they're this fucking meteor. This is a world-ending event. And like Hawkeye starts talking about whether he should like take out some cabinets or some shit. Or he's like, should I should I take out this wall? You know what I mean? In my house and like what the fuck? Like it's just stupid. Like it, I, it's completely it's dumb unbelievable. Banter. Dumb banter. Um. They're just trying to make him you know that likable guy since he got like nothing to fucking do in Avengers. Uh, <laughs> um. 
the okay couple from Ant Man real fast man Ant Man versus Falcon fuck that yeah. like you like Ant Man or Falcon has these goggles that can fucking see him somehow like I don't know I don't buy that at all uh, the biggest thing from uh, Ant Man dude was uh okay <clears throat> while they're fighting in the helicopter uh, he gets really small Darren fucking flicks like flicks him away swats him away and then then I counted okay. It's 17 seconds until you see Darren again, and that's when he's in the full fucking suit. So, like, he's sitting in the fucking chair. He's sitting in the seat. He flicks him away. He has 17 seconds to get the fucking suit out, get in it, fucking zip that shit up, or however he has to do, fucking <laughs> lock it in, and then stand up and start fucking blasting. No, what the fuck, dude? Like, it's cr- It's just, like, basically just, like, snap your fingers, and now I'm fucking... It's like, it's like when Tony Stark, now he can just, like... It's all nano machines and shit. He can just summon his fucking suit. Like, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't fucking buy that at all. So anyway, so let's 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 hit our winners now. Okay, you want you want to kick it off? Just keep going. Oh, uh, yeah, cool. I'll keep going. So what's your um, what's your winner for what the fuck? So the actual winner, and maybe it doesn't seem like as, as much compared to a, a lot of these, man. But like, so <clears throat> there was. Uh, let me see. <laughs> give me one. Give me one second. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, the one that I think is the most egregious is that uh, Black Widow gets replaced by Captain America and Iron Man in the Hasbro and Mattel toy lines for Age of Ultron. Uh, I know that doesn't sound like much, but like, like Black Widow does, in my opinion, very little in that film, right? Uh, she has some romantic beats with Bruce. Uh, then she uh, started she started takes on like Betty Ross's role as the girl who like calms him down or whatever. It's pretty fucking whatever. But the big thing that I think that she does, like her big scene is when uh, she drops out of the Quinjet on the motorcycle and chases after Ultron. Like, that's fucking cool. Uh, when they made toys for the film, Hasbro made a Quinjet toy, but it's Captain America on the on the motorcycle and not Black Widow. Um, <laughs> you know, and it's just, be, yeah, like, you know what I mean? Like, boys don't want to play with girl toys. Like, first of all, fuck off. It's 2015 <laughs> at this point, you know what I mean? Like, girls can like action figures. Uh, girls can like superheroes. Boys can uh, like girl action girls can figures. Like, yeah, boys can like girl action figures. Like, um... And, and then, not even that, but, like, when uh, when the other guys, uh, Mattel or whatever, made the toys, they did the same thing. They did a Quinjet, but Iron Man is on the motorcycle. That makes even, <laughs> that makes even less sense. He can fly. <laughs> um, it just, it just, why the fuck is this, why do we live in this world? Why is this still happening? Why is that a thing still? Why is this a thing? Yeah. Like, yeah. give her a, fu- she, you know, you won't give her her own movie. Give, give, let her have a fucking toy. You know what I mean? Like, fuck off. That's it. Go that's, that's a good one. That's a good one. Good point. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Go for that. Yeah. Uh, so, all right. My diatribe could start and end with... Let's uh, give it to under 45 minutes. I'll do, I'm going to do my best. Uh, so, Iron Man 3 has a really, really solid first act. It is strong. You get the sense that I, that fucking Tony's dealing with some shit. He's he messed up from he's, the, he, the events. He's actually... Yeah. And, and yeah. it's got callbacks to other movies... Uh, you're, he's dealing with, uh, you know, or what's, what's your fucking tits? Uh, Pepper? Gwyneth Paltrow? Yeah, pe- Pepper. Pepper. I, no, Paltrow, <laughs> no, Pepper. So he's dealing with, you know, with Pepper's got some, there's some home drama going on. Uh, and then there's this whole, you know, this extremist thing happening and the, we get the call back to the Society of the Ten Rings. And, and this, uh, this ama- like you said earlier, this amazingly well portrayed modern version of what the Mandarin could be, without because everyone had always said, you know, what, well, they, when you start talking about why Iron Man three is fucking hot garbage fire, is because what, of what they did to the Mandarin, and the Mandarin as a character in the comics came when we were a lot less uh, nice 
to uh, to Asian Americans, <laughs> and he was a horrible kung fu movie trope that was super racist. And it carried all the way through to like the early '90s in Avengers Assemble. He's the same dude, mm-hmm. uh, like he's still wearing the green and yellow long dragon dress, and uh, <laughs> yeah, like it is. It, it, it's it, they 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 smooth it out a little bit, but it ain't better. Yeah. And this was the, an opportunity for them to create this character and turn him into and have everyone go, "Fuck, that's what the comics need to do." Yep. Uh, and mm-hmm. and that's uh, an absolute missed opportunity. Mm-hmm. So the scene where we find out that. Trevor is, or that the Mandarin is Trevor. Uh, Trevor Slattery! Uh, <laughs> fuck it, it hurts me to say it. Um, that he, he, you know, Tony runs over to the window, he's looking out the window, after he's found out that, you know, he's this drunken lech, you know, this this British actor. I wanted, so like, you know how you did your kind of rewrite? I wanted Tony to turn back from that window and get fucking blasted yeah. in the chest with one of the ten rings. Like, have Trevor, basically, that was all just a fucking act because he's a goddamn mastermind. Yeah. You know, when the dude when the dude comes in, catches you literally with your pants down, <laughs> uh, and you go, oh, uh, you play the fool. He goes to the window to look, oh, shit, there's dudes outside. Turns around and just goes, flamp, and, yeah. you know, give me... If you don't want to do magic, give me high tech fancy rings built off of fucking right. uh, the tesseract or whatever. Yeah, like you did it before, you can do it again. And instead, they just kept on pushing it and kept pushing it, and it just and it's like, oh, the real bad guy is Guy Pierce, the angry scientist yeah. who's willing to turn into Volcano Man for nothing. And then it, we we go even further into Act Three with you got the the rapidly appearing Iron Men army, like you like you mentioned that. Tony goes, you know, as a sign to Pepper that he means it. He's done. He just triggers them to be fucking multi-billion dollar yeah. fireworks? <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, cool fireworks. It, so this guy has lived his entire life in the shadow of, effectively, an arms company. Uh-huh. You know, the start, they, they've made arms his whole life. He, he beca- his adult life was around... Selling and dealing with arms, and then when he comes around, he goes, "All right, you know, maybe we can't do that anymore, or whatever." He's just building these suits. He knows that these aren't going to atomize; they're right. not going to become nothing. So he is littered all over a quarter mile of beach tech that no one else has. Yeah, yeah. Give me a callback of, "Hey, Tony, remember when you fucked up and gave <laughs> and gave the society of ten rings?" 70 suits worth of busted tech? <laughs> Guess who's real now? Yeah, you yeah. fucking idiot. <laughs> and then instead, we get him in the next movie, and it's like... Building what, what? a peace machine that turns on the... Well, yeah, and, well and, then, and, and then we've got him flying in another suit. Oh, apparently Pepper's okay with my backup yep. suit. Yeah. No, no, she's not. You just said you were done. You're like, take the thing out of my chest. Everything's cool. Never mind. I'm going to fly at Ultron. The thing I built because I'm stupid. Yeah. Tony, <laughs> Tony from Iron Man fucking three on is the most just addled motherfucker. Give me, tell me he has brain damage. Tell, show, <laughs> show me that he is legitimately an alcoholic and like spends his night drunk, like he's got a tequila tap. And like he, the, <laughs> and like Bruce Bruce goes, hey, Tony, you should you just slow put down. a beer hat on like the Mark 42. <laughs> oh my God. Like, like, Tony, like Bruce needs to come in and, and be like, you need to slow down. You're killing your brain cells. The ideas you're coming up with are the worst. Yeah. You are literally the worst on this team. <laughs> and instead he becomes the leader again yeah. because of all these mistakes, Mistakes I've made, obviously, it's no big deal. Pepper pops.
POTS, we get infected with extremists. Now she's a better hero than you are, but we're going to go ahead and cure that. If you can cure it, why don't you keep it in check and put her on the fucking team and kick Tony the curb because you're a fucking tard. Sorry for using the term. Language. Uh, and know. Marshall and I have to go. You're done. I'm you're sorry. Done. I'm, I'm done. done. I'm so, done. So, what's your what the fuck? Acts <laughs> two and a half and three okay. are the worst. Uh, just the whole thing. The, worst. Iron Man, the second half of Iron Man 3. Gotcha. Marshall, what is your what the fuck? That was intense. I don't know. <laughs> um, mine's not quite as impressive. Uh, it kind of piggybacks a little bit. It's actually from Iron Man 3. But mine piggybacks on what I talked about earlier. And it's just, I just don't like when... I, 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 I'm willing to forgive some things in these movies, but... Early on, I mean, Pepper should have died three times in that movie. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's just it's just a little bit too much to ask me to believe that a normal human can get blown around the department in, like, this mass attack. And and she's in, and even at one point, she's in half armor, but she's still surviving shit. And it's just, it's just too much for me to, to, to accept that that's, you know what I mean? Like, I just... Yeah. Those type of things just rub me the wrong way. I can forgive certain things, but the, her and Tony should have been dead multiple times in Iron Man three because they're just they're just humans, you know, without their suits on. And so for them to survive some stuff they did is just ridiculous to me. So mine was simple. Yeah, uh, mine's pretty simple right. too. Uh, it's so, sorry, Marshall. <laughs> mine's simple too. It's uh, from Age of Ultron, and it's just the. The forced out of nowhere love plot between Hulk and Black Widow, like it's just like you're completely forgetting just about you know Betty and I know you kind of retcon that movie in a way, but like it's still there. And then like we don't know Clint's backstory before that, so you think there's like this romantic thing going between you know Hawkeye and Black Widow that's just fucking scrapped. And now he's got a family, and now she's more like a, a sister to him out of nowhere. And like these two just like. I don't really buy the chemistry that much, and it's yeah. just kind of thrown in force on us. So that's my big what the fuck. It just comes out of nowhere. Um, up next, we have the category uh, that we're just going to call uh, Give Four Points to Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, called Best Score or Soundtrack. Nathan, why are you giving it to Guardians of the Galaxy? So yeah, I actually wrote in my notes, uh, this is part of the marathon I imagine where Guardians of the Galaxy just shoots up by four points unanimously. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I don't think that there's... there's uh, I don't, this is a category where I don't think anything else is even remotely close. Um, to be honest, in all of the MCU, I think the only film that gives Guardian a Galaxy run for its money on soundtrack is Volume 2. <laughs> um, this film has an absolute, like, murderer's row of a soundtrack. It is single-handedly why, like, July through about September of 2014 is referred to as the Summer of Redbone. Uh, <laughs> the, the soundtrack never fucking misses a beat, man. Uh but I think, uh, you know, aside from everything else that I love about it, uh, I just love the way the soundtrack is used in the film. You know, it's um, it's a mixtape. It's one of the only things that Pete has left of his mom and, like, of the planet that, that was his home, you know, where his home was. It's a cultural reference point, and I think that's really important to have because it reminds the audience that, like, yeah, we're in outer space, but, like, Pete's from Earth, though. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it reminds you, like, he's, he's from your planet. He knows about you know, fucking troll dolls and shit. You know what I mean? And uh, it grounds him in the universe. I think that's really expertly executed. So I gave it to Thor the Dark World. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I gave it to Guardians uh, for a lot of the same reasons, but I think for me more than anything, other than the fact that it's just a really good album. Like, it's just, like, even yeah. even if it had nothing to do with it's the movie one of the best selling albums of all time. It's, it's a great, it's just a great collection of songs. Like, uh, again, solid mixtape. 
Um, I think for me, it it also puts it up above uh, anything else because it is referenced. It is it mm-hmm. it it actually it's important. Exi- it exists. It is it, it exists in the universe. It is mm-hmm. something that uh, that is part of Peter's plot. Is part of the plot of you know, drop my Walkman. You know, like, yeah, like yeah. that's that, that like it is something. It's important, and you can make yourself feel. Like you have that part of the thing by listening to the listening to the music. It's one of the things that I think that Captain Marvel tries and fails. Is you know they make that ham fisted uh, reference to Nirvana. Oh, Nirvana, nice choice. Oh. And it's like, wait, what? Why? You know, come on. And, but this, it doesn't feel that way. It feels absolutely seamless. Marshall, why'd you give it to Guardians? I gave it to Guardians <laughs> um, for similar reasons that you guys did. I do love the soundtrack. Uh, I like the, this soundtrack a little bit better than two, um, but like you said, it's just it's so organic to the film and what it means to the film. But I'm also giving it to Guardians because I also really love the score. Um, I love the score by uh, Tyler Bates. I think it's fantastic. Uh, I've got the album that's got the soundtrack and the score, and I listen to the score just as much. Uh, it's got a, it fits really well, I think, into the whole Marvel universe. It has like kind of like nods to Avengers, but it's still its own thing. Um, and especially, you know, like we've said, that that final scene, the dance off, um, you get a song from the soundtrack, but then you also get the, the swell of their theme of the Guardians theme. You know, when they're all holding on to the stone, it's just I just love the music just across the board in that film. So easy hey, one for me. You guys, touch base on the 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 um the score right because I, I i agree with you there's like the soundtrack and then there's the score mm-hmm. and i think one of the things that's unique about guardians is that uh james gunn had said like when you do the score i want you to normally it was like we'll shoot the scenes and then you do the score to the scenes mm-hmm. they wanted to do it the opposite you know i want you i want you to make a good score like make good music you know what i mean and i will direct the scenes according to the score you know and like that's, I cool. That, that's cool man yeah it's and you i think you can really tell that all right we have yeah. 334 episodes in, all right? <laughs> there is one episode, I, I didn't look it up to find the number, but there is an episode where you guys are guessing what's going to be on the soundtrack for number two. Yeah. <laughs> Who does that? You, yeah. Like, did Thor the Dark World get that? Did Iron Man 3 <laughs> get its own episode? No. Like, Guardian of the Galaxy's album got a whole fucking episode dedicated to it because it's that fucking good. It's so intricate to the plot. Yeah. Uh, like every song is is hits the the nail on the head without being too forced. It's not like yeah. in Iron Man, like I didn't like when they used Iron Man. It didn't yep. work for me. But like <clears throat> there are things when like fooled around and fell in love is like on the nose, but not too on the nose. Yeah, like everything just works, and it it hits you right from the beginning with hey, yeah. hey. And he's just fucking kicking little fucking lizard monsters and dancing around on this empty planet by himself, and it goes all the way through and it hits all those beats like fucking easily Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, yeah. Next up, we have the best quote. Oh, so, dude, I'm going to say my runner-up real quick because it's real short. Mm-hmm. And it was this for the longest time. And it's it's the runner-up is it's from Guardians. It's, uh, I don't know that I believe anyone's 100% a dick, ma'am. <laughs> I, I fucking love that one. Like, uh, but so I changed it, like, just the other day. I saw, actually, there was this clickbaity kind of an article about uh, Endgame and whatever. And they were mm-hmm. like, hey, you know, like, it might be a throwback to this line. And I was like, so I'll check it out. Um it's it's in uh, it's in uh, Ultron, and they're talking they're talking about U- Ultron, and uh, Tony's saying you know that up there, that that's the end game, you know how how are you pl- how are you guys planning on beating that? And uh, Steve says together, yeah. uh, 
you know, t- t- Tony's like, you know, we'll lose. Uh, well, then we'll do that together too. Um, and I think, you know, I don't think it's a coincidence that the final film of this story is called Endgame. I, I really, I think it's a direct reference to that quote from Age of Ultron. Yep. Um, I think it's telling also that the two people doing the lines are the two people who have really driven the MCU up until this point. It's Cap yeah. and Tony. And two of the people that I think a lot of people are saying probably this is going to be their last film. Uh, so I think this is probably like a little bit of foreshadowing about, you know, like they say, you know, like that up there. Like he's talking about Thanos. Um, you know, we'll lose. They they do lose. You know what I mean? They lose They lose together. And I think that probably, I, I don't think, I honestly don't think either of these characters are coming out of Endgame. Um and I think this is this is you know what they're saying like yeah like we're gonna die man like and he said all right well we'll do it together so I there's another line in that movie that leads to it that's that's great it was it was one of my runner ups I'm just gonna say but it's uh when Nick Fury's talking to Tony in the barn and he's like you know I saw a vision with them all dead and he's like but you weren't scared that they all died you you were scared that you didn't die with them oh yeah yeah, yeah. and like that then I was like because I was like always on the fence of whether or not Tony's gonna die and like hearing that line again is like. Man, Tony kind of, mm, God, I hope yeah, he doesn't yeah. fucking bite it, but I think he's <laughs> yeah. going to. But what's your, is that your well, winner? That, that's my actual That's your, that's your winner. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my runner-up is easy. It's the the We Are group. Yeah. It, it's it's, it's the one time he changes his changes it, and it is the most touching scene. Uh, you know, <laughs> it, it, it makes you fucking weepy-eyed about a CGI raccoon and his feelings. Yeah, yeah. And it's just, the, it's one changed word. And it's awesome, yeah. but my best, my my actual favorite quote is "I'm with you till the end of the line." Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Because you get it in two different capacities. You get it the, uh, the the uh, you know, hey buddy, I'm with you till the end of the line. You know, like that, and then a callback to it where it's I'm broken, I'm bleeding. Mm-hmm. You can keep hitting me all day long, yeah. And I'm I'm not I'm not gonna. And this is not gonna end. I'm gonna be here one way or the other until this. And until I think it it's a reference end. to the fact that they last time they saw each other was on a train. You know yeah, what I mean? That they yeah. fell off the train. Like, mm-hmm. I'm with you to the end of the line. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, no, it's, it, it is, again, uh, one of my, uh, one of my favorite, I, if, if I could get a Winter Soldier tattoo, it would probably be that quote. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Cool. What are you getting tattooed on you, Marshall? <laughs> <laughs> um, there's a lot, there's a lot of good stuff in these films. There's mm-hmm. a lot of really great lines. Um, I got a couple runners up, um. One of them was in uh, Age of Ultron. Uh, as they're getting ready to go into battle, uh, Captain America says, he says a couple things and then he finishes with, you get killed, walk it off. Yeah. Um, yeah. I like that one. Um, and then in, in, in Ant-Man, I love that Baskin Robbins always finds out. <laughs> I love that. Um, but I went, um, I went with uh, Thor, Dark World. And it's a, uh, I think it's a it's a point when they're really building this you know dynamic between Thor and Loki. Um, I don't know. It just it just it, it hits for me this this beat from Thor, and it's when he's he's talking to Loki and he just says, "I wish I could trust you," and it's just like mm-hmm. there's just something there because because they, it's like they want to be brothers, right? You know, and and, and like you said, he, he he breaks down when he when Loki dies. Or, "Quote unquote dies," you know. So you know there's a, there's a, there's a feeling between them, and that like, but he just he can't do it. He, he he wants to, he wants to be able to trust his brother, but he can't do it. And it's just that it's just the way it's delivered, and just I don't know, just the way that's set up. I just uh, I don't love that quote. Just I wish I could trust you. Pretty solid. 
Um, man, I had a couple runner-ups. I, I love... Age of Ultron... Like, Ultron's not cool, but he says a lot of fucking cool oh, shit. Yeah. Like, I really love the line, Upon this rock I will build my church. Before yep. he, like, fucking sends Sokovia up and he's wielding the uranium and shit. Um, just about anything Drax says uh, just fucking gives me a goddamn <laughs> chuckle every time. Uh, the Mandarin, that fortune cookie line, he says it twice, uh, and it's great both times. Uh, but I'm going with Captain America because I love a good badass line. <laughs> and it's when he's standing on the elevator oh, yeah. and a couple people get on and he goes to the next floor and a couple more people get on <laughs> and he goes to the next floor and a couple more people get on and it closes and he just goes, before we get started, does anyone want to get out? Yeah. <laughs> like, how fucking badass yeah. is Cap in that moment? Because he's like, yeah, there's 20 of you. I'm gonna fucking kill every yeah. single one of you. <laughs> <laughs> so fucking great. Absolutely love it. Well, all right, those quotes come in scripts, Nathan. So, what is your best screenplay? I got two. <gasps> oh, we got a tie. We got a tie, man. Uh, the first one is uh, Christopher Marcus and Stephen McFeely from Winter Soldier, and the second one is James Gunn and Nicole Perlman from Guardians. Okay. Sure. Uh, the dialogue in each of these films is fantastic. Uh, there are lots of great character beats. I think Steve Rogers and Winter Soldier has such great chemistry with all the supporting characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were so many great scenes written for them, and it reminds me a lot of in the first marathon we were talking about uh, Iron Man, and it was like best duo could be Tony and Pepper, it could be Tony and Rhodes, it could be Tony and Happy, it could be fucking Tony and anybody, because they just have great chemistry. Um, I don't think any of the duos in Winter Soldier are better than Rocket and Groot, but they're all good, man. Um, I love every scene with Steve and Sam. Uh, the Steve and Widow scenes are great. Steve and Bucky have a lot of chemistry, which is great because they fucking have to, otherwise the whole film falls apart. <laughs> um, I also just, I love the structure of the film. It's like a it's like a political thriller. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it stands out in the MCU because it's unique in that way. Yeah. Um, with regard to Guardians, I think, it's, I think it's just one of the better screenplays in the MCU. Um, I can't stress like how much I don't give a fuck about the Guardians or I didn't until the movie. Mm-hmm. I, I don't like space shit in comics. I never have. Um, a lot of that is just like, you know, if you look at the Guardians in the comics, they're not like the Guardians in the movies. They're not, it's not historically. The comics are becoming uh, that now because right now, the movie's so good. Uh, Star-Lord, in my lifetime, has always just been Cyclops in space. You know, he's mm-hmm. just generic space cop guy. Um, so I think... Um, the screenplay here not only introduces all of these characters to audiences, and there's a lot of fucking characters, uh, it also kind of reintroduces them to comic book fans. And, you know, their relationships and their powers and their personalities, they're all pretty different from what you might be used to, but it all it all really works, man. Uh, by the end of the film, I think you said this earlier, man, by the end of the film, even by the beginning of the first 20, 30 minutes, you yeah. know who each and every one of those characters are. Uh, you know what they can do, you know what they're, what they're all about, how they act, their sense of humor... And, like, that's hard to do. Like, it's hard to get all those characters right. Especially, it's not like people going into Iron Man know who Iron Man is. They know who Captain America is. No, people don't fucking know who fucking Drax is. You know what I mean? <laughs> and to and to really... T- I think they fucking nail it. You yeah. know what I mean? It's just great character work. Uh, my best screenplay goes to Ant-Man. Oh, uh, yeah. It, so, Shout out to What? <laughs> I, I think that it takes... Um, a, a very unique idea. It's not something, you know, the Marvelverse has, had not done a Incredible Shrinking Man. Mm-hmm. Uh, and to also not have it be based on Pym. Yeah. To, to, that, that, that's a spin, you know, to be like, let's do the second Ant-Man. Let's do Ant-Man 2. You know, and uh, 
you know, some of the, the genius, yeah, I'm sure Paul Rudd probably had a lot of uh, ad lib because he does in just about anything he does, anything he does. But, um, the, the Luis playbacks, mm. they're amazing, you know, and some of that is direction, but also that had to have been written down and be like, all right, so you're going to be giving a full voiceover of what's going on, telling it like this, uh, you know, Hispanic gangster, but this like kind of like semi prisony thug with a lot of co- comedic tones to it, and you're actually you're shit, you're just gonna go on for seven minutes, <laughs> but you're actually not gonna be on screen for most of that. Yeah, and that, like that just it it speaks to me. I thought it was a really you know d- despite the fact that it is still the same kind of ups and downs for Marvel as far as like the it hits all the same beats that most of Marvel's movies do. The formula does work, and in the case of Ant Man, I think that it works. And is also just the right amount of funny for for what it needs to be. For me, it's just too much Iron Man. Like it feels like it was just like, hey, let's make it Iron Man, but like he gets smaller instead of drinks. Like he's just a guy gets a suit, guy fights a bald guy that wants to take his company, <laughs> guy fights himself at the end of the movie, just a, a, a evil version of himself at the end of the movie. Uh, it, I was, well, that's, that's, I was that's the MCU formula. That's, no, exactly. Yeah, but like, I think I think it li- aligns more, you know, straight up with Iron Man than anything else. But I get, I get that. I mean, yeah. all right, Marshall, what you got? So I'm piggybacking off of uh, Nathan on this one and going with well, one of his uh, James Gunn for Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, again, like you said, you know, I'm repeating a lot of what you said, but. You know, people had kind of probably heard of Iron Man and Thor and Captain America, but nobody knew who the hell these guys were. Um, you know, I remember when it came out, it was like, you know, you had some success already with the films prior to this, and everyone's like, what's going to happen with these guys? Nobody knows what the hell this is. And all I know is there's a raccoon in it or something, and it's just it's just so much fun. Uh, you know, the characters are great. The dialogue's uh, fantastic. Um I liked, you know, Peter's story um, from that opening scene of him as a kid, uh, his his growth, the, the relationships that grow between those characters. Um, you see it; it's all um, you know, right there in front of you. Like I, it's like you, like you know, you also said um, you get to know these characters pretty quick. You know who they are, and, and it's just uh, that one works for me the best. I like that one. Uh, I'm I'm following you up. It's James Gunn's uh, script for Guardians of the Galaxy, taking these characters that people didn't know and it, being able to have that freedom because of that. Where it's just like, you know what? We're not gonna hinge so much. Like this can be completely detached from the universe if it doesn't go well. If it goes well, then we can integrate it later and fucking just do your own thing, guy from Troma. Like yeah. <laughs> and like and he fucking ran with it and you know it's a little edgier. It uses a lot more language than some of the other movies. Like it's a little more violent. It's a lot more funny, and, like, the big thing about the jokes is, like, you know, all these movies try to throw humor in it, but there's always some moments where you're like, ugh, like, really, that was the joke you went with? I don't get that moment a single time in Guardians of the Galaxy. Like, every joke, not every joke is, like, laugh out loud funny, but every joke is at least funny. Uh, And then, you know, incorporating the music heavily into the script uh, is, is super fucking genius, especially when... One of the biggest criticisms up to that time is that the music is just kind of blah all the way through, you know, all these Marvel movies, uh, and to fucking completely flip that on its head, you know, using the script and using that soundtrack. Fucking fantastic. 
Alright, next up we have Special Achievement, which can kind of be anything that kind of makes these movies uh, unique. Yeah, man. So, the de-aging technology, like, blows my fucking mind every time I see it. I'm gonna, And I think technically the first time they do it is in Winter Soldier. It's like mm-hmm. when Steve goes to visit Peggy and it's not de-aging, it's like kind of re-aging or old aging or whatever. <laughs> um, but, like, I don't... And maybe it kind of speaks to how well they've always done this, but I would have thought that was all practical effects. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I wouldn't have thought that was CGI. But... The first time that I really stood up and took notice of it was in Ant-Man. So that's what my, my point goes to Ant-Man. And it's that first scene where, like, young Hank Pym yeah. is in S.H.I.E.L.D. And, like, I in the theaters, I remember thinking, like, like he doesn't... Like, you can kind of see it in the face, you know what I mean? Like, it's the first time they're really doing it. But I, re- I honest to God, thought it was, like, a professional Michael Douglas impersonator. And that's, why, <laughs> that's like, why it looks a little different, you know uh-huh. what I mean? Like, I gotcha. just, like, oh, for sure, they just hired a fucking dude that this is his job. He just does Michael, you know, Michael Douglas. But no, it's fucking Michael Douglas, dude. <laughs> I like crazy. the idea that a guy's whole career who's, like, in his 30s is, like... <laughs> I kind of look like Michael Douglas, so I'm just going to bet he's kind of looking like Michael <laughs> Douglas. <laughs> well, you know what? Like, I, I would have believed it. You know what I mean? Like, um, no, I think of all the technical achievements that have come out of the Marvel, Disney, uh, cinematic universe or whatever, I think there have been a lot. The, the de-aging shit mm-hmm. is the most impressive to me. Like, I think we're going to go into Civil War or something mm-hmm. where, like, fucking Downey Jr.'s, like... 17 or something and it like I buy it it's weird Samuel Jackson in Captain Marvel was like I mean they keep improving it and Kurt Russell fucking Kurt Russell yeah volume 2 yeah Brian what's your special achievement uh the creation of a viable and believable microverse in Ant-Man Oh, yeah. uh, it was actually. Hey, hey we have a guest Ryan's visitor. What's he just oh, he, Ryan has like an open invitation to always just walk in whenever he feels like it. And, uh, he seems to know whenever we're recording because he just fucking walks in. Then you uh, you missed <laughs> my right. you missed my rabid Iron Man three rant. Yeah. You can listen back. Sure, it was epic. Oh, hey, it was good. You can listen I to it all the way shit. from the drive to Indy, and then like, probably a trip back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so my best special achievement is, a, 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 like I said, a creation of a believable microverse. Um, is that you know you got the Honey I Shrunk the Kids, you've got those kind of things where uh, when they make something that is tiny, it's, you're like, okay, mm. that's really kind of goofy mm. looking. You're in you're in a giant soundstage and the chocolate cookie is made of foam. You know, this was, like, I completely, I bought it. When he's running around in the sewer pipes, when he's, you know, riding around on Antony, in the toy room, like, it was was solid. And I think that it really took Ant-Man home because it allowed me to not focus on the shit they're getting wrong Mm -hmm. and just enjoy the movie. Marsha, what is your uh, special achievement? Uh, It's, Similar to Brian's there, and um, I went with Ant Man, and just the, the the scale and perspective kind of effects in that, um, uh, you know, especially like I, the, that train sequence at the end. I love the the juxtaposition between, you know, kind of his world when he's miniaturized, and then what that looks like in the real world. You know, what's going on? Um, just those type of effects worked really well in that film for me so um so pretty similar to what you said like this this the way that they created that microverse was just uh fantastic in that film well 
guys, we should just have a menage a trois because I got the micro verses. <gasps> well, um, I don't have uh, a lot of love for for Ant Man, as I've said before. But the parts of the movie I really, really like are Luis and when shit gets small. Uh, I like you know, and from the get go, the first time he just drops down in that shower drain, you're like, all right, shit's on, <laughs> fucking do this. I love it. And uh, I'm not big on Ant Man and the Wasp either, but like every time they shrink down, I'm like, fuck yeah, let's do this. It's on. We're making things look look, look fucking cool when we're small. Um, it's it's a pretty cool achievement. Uh, I can't Ant Man swept this category. That's pretty fucking cool. Go go Ant Man. Yeah. yeah, he got the the aging, but uh, yeah, the microverse is just fucking cool, and it needs a shout out. So, Nathan. We're down to the acting category. So who is your best supporting? I got two. Oh, <laughs> shit. <laughs> I had uh, Tom Hiddleston as Loki in Dark World and uh, Anthony Mackie as Sam Wilson as uh, Falcon in really? Winter Soldier. Yeah. Oh, man. Absolutely. Man, I'm not a big fan of Mackie. Um, well, why don't you shut the fuck up and I'll tell you. So, like, <laughs> so, um, so, so like, I don't have a lot of great things to say about Dark World, man, but like every single time Loki's on screen, it feels solid to me. I'm not even a huge like Tom Hiddleston fan in general, but like I think this is the role he's like fucking meant to play. Yeah. Uh, Loki has such tremendous chemistry with Thor. They have this like brotherly love and hate relationship that clicks so well, and they always have from the very beginning. Uh, Dark World doesn't disappoint in in that respect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh, I I honestly feel like I know you said you weren't really on board with Loki till this you know what I mean till you didn't really yeah. like Loki I think Loki's one of those characters it reminds me of fucking uh, like Doc Holliday in Tombstone where he I, to me he like oh. just kind of takes the fucking scene every time he's in a scene um, and uh, the other guy that really impressed me is Anthony Mackie as, as Falcon man like I don't particularly like Falcon in the MCU I hate his character design mm-hmm. um, dude with wings. But, just a guy no, no just like I. It wasn't until I rewatched this jogging partner. No, no, I don't <laughs> like. I don't like this. It looks so flimsy. The, oh, the okay. wings. Okay. It, it wasn't like so when you. I know they're not meant to be the same thing, man. But when you look at like Vulture and, and Homecoming, yeah. that yeah. suit, great that suit Ugh. looks fucking heavy Ugh, and like so it has, has some weight to it. And it just like I know they're not meant to be the same thing. Yeah. But I totally buy this and and the Falcon. I don't know. I just never thought. I've never bought it. Um. But I think he's a genuinely great supporting actor, man. Like, he and Steve have great chemistry. You know, Falcon's the guy in Winter Soldier that Steve can relate to. You know, they're both soldiers. They both have they have that, those shared experiences. Um, and in many ways, I think Sam ends up being, I would say, Steve's first real friend in this time period. Uh, they click because, you know, like, times change, but, like, war never changes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <gasps> a little Fallout reference. A little, fall, a little Fallout reference, right? <laughs> Uh, so my best supporting actually goes to someone who's not on screen. Uh, Vin Diesel? Uh, no, oh. but, but but his diminutive partner, oh, okay, yeah. Bradley Cooper. No, that's a great choice. I think he, through the structure of voice and the attitude and the accent that he gave him, um, and and just the delivery of lines, even when it comes down to like the emotional aspects of it, uh, he made me give a shit about a cartoon. Yeah. And it's it's one anthropomorphic of those, raccoon. Yeah. It's one of those voice performances like you have no fucking idea that's Bradley Cooper oh, unless yeah. someone tells you. Yeah, and that's that's really fucking. Yeah, cool yeah, and show. and it would be it would have been real easy for them to crank up the Bradley Cooperism and be mm-hmm. like, well, let's let's sell it on this, you know? Right. And instead, he's just an amazing character, and I think that uh, I can't for the life of me if someone if someone else would say, well, what if this guy did it? I don't know if I could hear anything else but that sort of kind of Brooklyn-y, yeah. sort of sort of Jersey raccoon. It's 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 fucking brilliant. I, and and 
when I sat there thinking about it, I, like there are several people that I'm like, also did a really good job. I really like what they did, but nobody touched me. <laughs> Giggles. <laughs> nobody, nobody touched me like Bradley did with with the Reckon. Cool. Marshall, who you got for best supporting? Man, this was a tough. There's some good supporting actors. There's some there are. some well known people. Um, but in the end, for me, I I went with Michael Douglas in uh, oh, yeah. in Ant Man. <laughs> I think he had um, I, he he had a more full kind of role than some of the other ones. Some of the other kind of big name people that show up in these. Um, he had to say a lot I of big really words. Didn't like, <laughs> what's that? He had to say a lot of big words too. He did. He did. Um, I did really like um, Rene Russo uh, as Frigga in Thor. Um, it, there's just there's a lot of powerhouses in these movies, you know. As supporting, it's tough to pick one, but I, I just I just felt like from beginning to end, Michael Douglas put in a really solid performance, and um, and yeah, there's not much else to say about that one. Alright, um, for me, I also have a tie. Woo, what? Um, again, it, we've talked about it, and, and Brian went on a 45-minute thing. <laughs> um, but I really like Ben Kingsley in Iron Man 3. Not so much uh, the character and what they end up doing with Trevor, but I love him as the Mandarin. I think that is such a fucking cool characterization. We get uh, like just this fucking like menacing you know, terrorist cell leader, and even though I don't like what they did as Trevor... He's fucking great as Trevor. Like, he, like, makes you really fucking kind of hate it, which yeah. is kind of what you're supposed to do a little bit, is kind of fucking hate him, and he's just, like, this British fucking, like, drunk, just like, whoa, I'm in the wrong place, man. Like, what do you want out of me? Um, and my other one is from Guardians of the Galaxy, and it's Dave Batista. Oh, yeah. Dave Batista is, like, a wrestler from the mid to late 2000s who, like, never, like, saw himself as an actor. Um, and... Really, like, you could replace a lot of the characters in this movie and it would, you know, it wouldn't be the same, but you could you could pass by. I don't see them doing that with Drax. You can't get a guy that's going to look like that and still pull off uh, the, the beats and the anger and the humor that he does. Um, and, and one of my favorite, like, stories of a person getting a part is when Dave Bautista got this role. Uh, like, James Gunn called him and was like, hey, I love what you did and, like, I'm, I'm not going to see anybody else. Like, this is yours. And he, like, broke down and cried. And then went, fuck, I gotta take acting lessons. And like, <laughs> and like he did, like, yeah. and he went and he fucking took, like, like hard, like, as much as he, like, goes to the gym and shit, like, did acting classes like that, like, fucking hours a day until he, like, started to fucking learn. And now, like, he went from a guy who was a wrestler to a guy who's, like, been in Oscar-worthy fucking movies and, like, is starting to make a name for himself. And, you know, maybe he becomes the next rock in Hollywood and is, ends up in all these action films. So I really fucking love Dave Batista in this. All right, uh, Nathan, who uh, who are your supportings giving uh, even better performances to in so, leading roles? For a lot of the same reasons that you had uh, Batista as your supporting man, that he like got this shot and he just like he just took it. Uh, Chris Pratt is is my best lead man, you know, because he he also like before this movie he's kind of known for being like sort of supporting characters, chubby um, guy in Parks so, and sort of, Rec. Yeah, he's the chubby guy in Parks and Rec, and um, you know he wanted to transition into leading roles, but he had largely kind of given up on it because he had like auditioned for Star Trek and got denied. Um, Avatar didn't make it, um, and he was actually suggested for the role of Star Trek or uh, Star Lord by the casting director, and he went in, he won over James Gunn, he got Feige, and um, 
he's like, look, like, I'm not going to let that opportunity slip away. Like, you fucking lost, like, 60 pounds in six months. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, like, just to show, like, I'm going to take this seriously. You know what I mean? Like, I'm going to, I'm gonna like, make sure that I don't let this fucking slip away from me, man. And he took a character that, I, again, like, I've never cared about in my life and turned him into the, the character that got my best character. You know what I mean? It's like his take on Star-Lord is, like, half Han Solo, half, like, Marty McFly. And, like, I just fucking eat it up, man. I think... It's really impressive, and it's it's also like kind of inspiring in a way. You know, it's that it's that rocky kind of thing where it's like you know, look like I I'm if I'm gonna do this, like I'm gonna fucking do it right. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm gonna try to go all the way. So yeah, cool. man. So my best lead is also Chris Pratt as Starlord. Um, it it stands out because. It not, it, most of the other leads we've seen before. We've seen Captain America as Captain America. We've sure. seen Iron Man as Iron Man. We've seen you know Thor as Thor. You know this this was you know we hadn't seen Ant Man as Ant Man obviously, mm. uh, but between but we've the, seen Paul Rudd, Paul but we've seen Paul Rudd being Paul Rudd. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, this was a standout performance of a character that was written different than anyone else. No one had been this this character before. He was able to put his own mark on it, and at this point, uh, I couldn't, I can't see anyone else playing Star Lord. It is a signature role. He is like someone was making a reference. You know, I'm a since a huge DC fan, fanboy. They were like, you know, if Chris Pratt could be anybody in the DCU, what would you do? And I couldn't place it because I kept going back. Like, there's a bunch of people I think that he might be able to, but I kept doing the whole, but he's fucking Star-Lord. Yeah, you know, yeah. like, like it doesn't bother me that he'd be a different character, but I it would bother me that I would go, well, yeah, Kyle Rayner can't be Star-Lord. Right, and right. it would just be Star-Lord because Star-Lord is a fucking perfect fit for him. And so that's, that's what scores my best lead. Cool. What about you, Marshall? <laughs> you know what? It sucks going third, doesn't it? I, it's, it's, it's usually yeah, my fucking spot, man. Um, no, you guys are just around. It's perfect casting for him. He just owned the character. He created the character of Star-Lord. You know, like you like said, you can't picture anybody else doing that. He's a fun uh, fun mix, like you said, of kind of a Han Solo-ish. He's, he's just a fun character to be with. Um, he can be dramatic when he needs to be, but he's also got, you know, like great comedic timing, great facial expressions, and his little quips are funny. Um, yeah, he's just... And he was in, like you said, he was he was different and unexpected um, uh, in this universe. So, uh, easy one again. We got a home run here. Uh, Chris Pratt as Peter Quill. Uh, again, it, it does boil down a little bit to, we've seen Iron Man, we've seen Cap, yeah. we've seen Thor before, so... Not that they're like stale at this point, but it's like we we've gotten it, and it may it, you know your best work came in your your know your origin movies, um, and 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 Chris Pratt like not only does a good job of like selling the comedy, like he sells that that hurt and that anger when his mom dies, uh, and you know reliving that moment, um, and really just uh, selling the 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 idea that like he's dumb but like not like completely moronic, like he's like. He does it well. Like, the scene where he's like, I got, like, 12% of a plan. Yeah. <laughs> like, 12%. He's like, yeah. Like, it's it's a part of a plan. Like, I'm doing something. <laughs> you know? Like, give me some credit. And it's not just the, you know, all of that. It is the physical transformation. Like, he was the chubby guy on Parks and Rec. And he'd gotten ripped for movies before. I think he did, he got in pretty good shape for Moneyball. Like Zero and Dark Zero Dark 30. 30, he got in really good shape. But then, like, he kept getting chubby again for Parks and Rec. But he had never looked as cut as he did yeah. when he got into Guardians of the Galaxy. And, and 
big, huge physical changes like that are pretty fucking impressive, too. So, I went Chris Pratt. Nathan, best scene. Oh, man. So, I love that Avengers Tower scene with, mm-hmm. um, especially the Mjolnir scene where they're trying to pick up the hammer. But, like, I talked a little bit about that when we had best location. I didn't really want to touch on it a lot. Um, I would give it a tie, but I don't have any more ties left. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> basically, there's another scene that I think is just as good. It's one of my favorite scenes in in, in any Marvel film, not just Phase 2. And uh, we've talked about it a little bit. It's when Thor visits Loki in the dungeons, and everything you know seems fine. Uh, but Thor knows that like Loki is is hurting, you know, probably mm-hmm. worse than he is because he knows yeah. they were so close. He was so close with his mom, and he's like, you know, drop the act, man. And like, he, Loki drops the illusion, and he's just broken. You know, he's just broken by like grief and you know rage, and the the whole room is fucking torn up, man. Um, and yeah, I just think that's fucking good, man. You like really see the character for what he is. It, he, again, it kind of humanizes him. Like he's a villain in a previous. He's a villain in most of the films up until this point. And then it's like, okay, look, but but he lo- he loved his mom. You know what I mean? And so, and that's what Thor's counting on in the scene is like, I I wish I could fucking trust you. You know what I mean? But like, I know that you want revenge as much as I do. So like, let's go fucking do this. Uh, so my best scene is the the toy room battle in Ant Man. Oh. Mm. Uh, it was it was uh, fresh and new, and it was definitely you know every time that it swung back out, and we got to see this was a train like <laughs> the train just was uh, you know and like <laughs> like it, it it was it it hit all the right beats. It was actiony, but also funny. It was new technology, but not so new that it looked weird. Mm. Um, and it was very poignant because the whole time, uh, you know, Cassie's right there. You know, seeing effectively her dad be a hero, kinda. You know, yeah, like yeah. like she's not really seeing it, but she's seeing it. You know, and, and the idea of you know the of Yellow Jacket like you know growing up and being this horrifying monster, like it, it's just the collectively bookended. That scene is amazing, and I love it. Marsh, what about you? Same for me. The oh. train fight scene oh. in uh, in Ant Man. Um, it's so much fun and just so well thought out. Um, you know, him running through the carpet when the train hits the yellow jacket and they pull out and it falls over. Um, it's just it's such a great job, yeah, like you said, moving between the close-up on the action and the wide shots showing you know, how small they were in real life. Um, and again, it's got good action, but it's also got that little bit touches of humor in there, too. Yeah, from the beginning to end of that scene, it's, uh, it's fantastic. Uh, I'm going with your runner-up, Nathan. That scene in Ultron where they're all trying to live mm-hmm. Mjolnir. There, there are some like really fun, like just beats in there. You know, with with Hawkeye being like, oh, "I'm gone." And it's just a party trick, you know. And he's like, "No, you try it. Like, yeah, give it, <laughs> try it. Give it a go." Tony's like super cocky. And he's like, "Well, I mean, when I take this, like, I can just rule Asgard, just physics, right? Like, right, yeah. like I, I can just like, <laughs> I can just fucking rule with an iron fist." Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Okay, can't do that. Oh, let me get the the, hand, the glove. No, I can't do Oh, War Machine's help me. Still can't get it. Uh, to that moment to where, like, Steve starts to go, and, it, like, it moves a little bit, and that face that Thor makes, like... Thor's face is perfect. Like, oh, fuck. And then he does it and just lets off that, like, smir- that cocky smirk, like, yeah, I knew you weren't going to get that. No, see, I love, I love that because, like, honestly, if there's anybody at that table who can fucking pick, pick it up, it's Cap. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like He's, he's been worthy in the comics He's before. been, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And I think that, I, you know what I mean, Mjolnir knows that they're just fucking around. I think mm-hmm. that's its way of saying, like, look, if you needed to, fuck yeah. 
But I know you're just fucking around for a bit. You know what I mean? So, like, but yeah, I love that. And then I love that it comes back later when Vision just, like, picks it up like it's fucking done. <laughs> yeah. I, just, like, I hate that. Awesome. See, I don't like I any of that. This is me off. It ruins the first scene for me. Yeah. Oh, no, see, I think it I think it enhances it because it shows, like, I almost went Vision with my as my best hero because he's, like, an actual logical fucking thinker in he's the whole a situation. He's toaster. He's, no, <laughs> he's fucking logically thinking about the whole situation where he's, like, He's like, I don't want to kill him. Like, he's unique. Like, yeah. there's no need to kill he's him if we can just rain him in. Yeah, you can be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I love that scene because it, 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 like you said, it humanizes them. Like, they're just having drinks. They're just kicking back and like, like, hey, we just, you know, saved the world. Like, let's just fucking relax and just hang out yeah. and like learn about each other. Say what you want about right. Joss Whedon, right? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, he does get good dialogue and good interaction yeah. and stuff for sure, man. All right, next category up is uh, our special category that we're putting in for these marathons. Oh, Best Stan Lee cameo. Best Stan Lee cameo, man. You just want to run uh, through like his cameos? Do you have them all written down? I don't have them all written down. Uh, okay, um, so from Iron Man 3, he plays a beauty pageant judge who okay, right. emphatically gives a 10. Uh, in Thor The Dark World, he's the mental patient that uh, Eric Selvig stole his shoe to make a point about relativity. Uh, in Winter Soldier, he's the security guard who lets the yeah. suit get stolen. Uh, in Guardians of the Galaxy, he's just some old pervert off in the distance hitting on a young woman. Uh, in Avengers Age of Ultron, he is a World War II veteran who gets fucking shit-faced and tries to talk shit at the Avengers. Uh, and in Ant-Man, he plays the, uh, just a bartender who has Luis's voice, like, yeah. telling yeah. the story. So, what do you got out of those? Dude, shit-faced World War II vet all day. <laughs> I love, I, I just love that scene. The whole, I mean, the whole party scene and the, the, you know, um, the Mjolnir scene are great. Uh-huh. Uh, but I love that like Thor is trying to warn everybody. You know what I mean? He's like, uh, you know, this this was aged for a thousand years and barrels from this lost fleet, uh-huh. and you know it's not meant for mortals. And, Stan, and then it's just Stan Lee. It's like, yeah, well, neither was Omaha Beach, Blondie. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, we're trying to scare us. And like, and of course, the next time you see him, he's like just getting carried out. <laughs> yeah, it's fucking great, man. That might be that might be my favorite Stan Lee cameo. Whoa, uh, it oh. might be. Uh, mine's the I'm so fired. Yeah, that was <laughs> it's, it's 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 the the museum security guard who lets Cap Cap suit escape. I love it. Uh, so yeah, the stinger or the uh, cameo of Winter Soldier. <laughs> What's your favorite cameo, Marshall? Uh, same for me. The uh, Winter Soldier cameo when he's the guard that loses Cap suit. Uh, it was a close tie. It was a close with um uh with with Nathan. You said the the soldier, or uh, that one was pretty funny. But I, I like the security guard losing cap suit. That's just that's that's too clever. Yeah, that's the one I'm going with too. I think <laughs> it, and it's it's the blind delivery because it's like. Yeah. He's just like this old man who doesn't need this job, and he's yeah. just like, oh, I'm so fired. I'm like, he so says it like he's a fucking, like, teenager who just, like, got caught drinking yeah. on the job or something, <laughs> and it's so fucking great. And it's not one of those, it's not, in, uh, it's not like, such a big role that it's distracting, and it's not, like, in Guardians where it's just, like, a quick little shot, or Iron Man 3 where it's, like, a quick little thing. Like, you actually get to see Stan Lee and have give him, he gets a line, so yeah. I like that. Uh, next up is Defining Moment. So this is hard, man. Um... <laughs> I think the defining characteristic of Phase Two, where I where I talked about, is the just the complete waste of fucking great villains. Mm. Uh, but that's awkward, you know what I mean? Like I don't want my defining moment to be like a negative, like a, like a fucking. <laughs> you don't want to give chicken. a chicken. <laughs> um, so, and I already kind of talked about it with the villains. So um, instead, like what the thing that stands out to me the most, that like enduring image that I think of, like when I saw it in theaters, that really just kind of stuck with me. 
um, is on just how fucking ripped Chris Pratt is. <laughs> like, <laughs> Chris Pratt's abs. It, it is in that in that like shirtless prison scene. Like it sticks with me because like you know again Brian like we're about the same age. I've kind of struggled with my weight as well, and like you know seeing that transformation from like Andy Dwyer and Parks and Rec to like Star Lord in six months. Um, it's just really inspiring, you know what I mean? Like, it, it just reminds me that, like, I'm not too old to, like, get in shape, you know what I mean? To, like, yeah. I'm not gonna get fucking jacked, but, like, I can, you know... <laughs> I'm not gonna look like Cousin Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, but, you know, like, if he can do it, fuck, I can do it. Yeah, you, know you can. I mean? <laughs> uh, so you mentioned the scene earlier. My defining moment is the, uh, it's not so much of a phase two for def- defining moment, but is a, uh, the elevator scene mm-hmm. in Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. It's the, uh... Uh, you know the the line of you know you guys want to get out want to get out want to get out but it's actually the next line it's when uh, Crossbones well who will become Crossbones mm-hmm. later looks at him and he's like you know it's nothing personal Cap and it's the response the well it's starting to feel a little yeah. personal <laughs> you know like it, it's yeah. it, it's not so much of a warning as it is a no I I think you guys are being dicks on purpose <laughs> and you know I gave you your out and then the the, the Next three minutes, him hitting the uh, hitting the track, the jumping through, landing on his shield, yeah, buckling yeah. the asphalt, k- knocking a plane out by himself. <laughs> That's fucking cap to a T. I love it. What about you, Marshall? This is the defining moment. My defining moment um, is, I think, it was Nathan's uh, best kill, and that's the dance-off oh, in yeah. Guardians. I just... It just takes the cake for me. It's so memorable. It's so much fun. It's so such a creative finale, kind of you know, to a, a, a boss battle. Uh, I loved seeing uh, you know the characters come together and really be a team. You know, because like Avengers is a team, but sometimes they feel more like individuals kind of put together. Whereas these ones feel like they really genuinely have become like a family unit, uh, especially in that final moment there. Um, so for me, you know, Groot sacrificing himself, you know, Drax, Gamora, and uh, Rocket all joining Peter to hold the Infinity Stone. The music's fantastic, like I said before. That stands out to me out of this, certainly out of this phase. Um, but almost out of most Marvel movies is that, that dance-off final scene. Love it. Uh, I had a, I had a close one on this one because I think one of the defining images of the entire MCU is that moment when Bucky turns around and just fucking catches that oh, shield yeah. and just stares him down and fucking throws the shield back. It's so cool. But the one of the best things about the MCU is just the James Gunn effect. This the the just creating the Guardians, giving this guy who was making you know trauma films, these low budget fucking horror like yeah cheap horror movies and stuff, and saying you know what, take our fucking franchise. Here's some money. If it does well, great. If it doesn't, no big skin off our teeth, right? And not only did you get James Gunn out of this, but it leads to you know other hires like Taika Waititi. It gives the Russo brothers you know an extra leg up, and it's it set this trend to like where they where they went with their their directors. And it's like we don't have to go out and get nobodies. We don't have to get you know super big names either. We can kind of play that line of like people that haven't quite hit there, but like we'll give them that push. Um, and and creating the Guardians of the Galaxy just. Just everything to do with Guardians of the Galaxy and, and what James Gunn put into it from script writing, putting the music together, you know, mm. the casting, and creating such a, a, 
uh, an area to work in that when he got let go, all the actors went, we're not going to fucking do your movie then. Like, bring him back. Like, contractually, we have to do this, but you're not going to get anything out of yeah. us outside of that. And, yeah. and so, that, I mean, that takes a fucking a man to uh, <clears throat> rally behind like that. Well, it's interesting that you should say that because the next category is best director, <laughs> and uh, you pretty much hit on everything I was gonna say. Yeah. Uh, there's a reason why James Gunn getting fired was such a big fucking deal. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, um, if it were anybody else, it was fucking oh Shane Black's not coming back for Iron Man Four. Like, who gives a shit? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Russo Brothers uh, might get a little, a little like. Um, but, yeah. You know, the more I the more I read into it, like the more I came to understand that like. He was in. He is critical to the uh, to the success of the film. I mean, like, he's involved in every aspect. Yeah. Everything that I like about Guardians is was really just James Gunn. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, to to the, the extent that like you were saying, man, like everyone's just like, look, I ain't fucking doing this. Then you know what I mean? Like, I know they were they were trying to find other directors, and pe- they keep bringing people in, and they're like, you know, um, I don't think I'm right to do Guardians three, man. But you know who would be <laughs> James Gunn? <laughs> James Gunn <laughs> and. Uh, even even Warner Brothers was like, hey, you know our series that's kind of like Guardians? It's, Let's hire that fucking yeah, yeah, guy because yeah. he'll do a really good job with this. Um, yeah, I mean, they're going to let him... So, yeah, it's a big deal they let him go. It's an even bigger deal that they were like, you know, sorry. We, we <laughs> sorry, fucked up. We'll take you back. I think, <laughs> I think they finally realized what we knew all along was like, you can't do this without James Gunn. Yeah. Uh, and I don't think you can say that about anybody else, honestly, yeah. so... Uh, James Gunn uh, is the lifeblood of the cosmic universe when it comes to when it comes to MCU. Um, do I think that he would make a good Avengers movie? I don't know. I, yeah. I like. I, I think that he has. He's got to play with those quirkier characters. He's right got there. a style, and I think that that style works with the weird and wacky cosmic. And uh, I also I think that's where other cosmic movies kind of come up lackluster is they don't have the the gunism. Uh, so yeah, James Gunn all the way. What about you, Marshall? Where are we at? I don't best, know, I lost track best director. At. Best director. Um, mine's a tie. This is my Ooh. second tie. And um, I went with everybody's favorite, Jim Gunn. Mm-hmm. From Gunn. Tim Gunn? <laughs> all the reasons. What did I say? You said Tim Gunn. I think you said Jim. Oh, I'm Tom Tom Jim? Oh, this is Tim. Uh, I spelled it wrong. Um, for all the reasons you guys said, um, but I also felt like I needed to tie it with the Russo brothers for Winter Soldier. Because um, I think they just did what Guardians is in, in the cosmic universe and adding humor and kind of crazier characters. I think Winter Soldier is that, like you said, that spy thriller action, you know, epic that, that, that we needed as well from them. Um, and they've, They've done such a great job with that character and that style, so I had to give it a tie for that one. Marshall, you and I are on the exact same page. I used my second tie to go James Gunn and the Russo Brothers. Oh, wow. We've already talked about James right. Gunn. So, um, yeah, and what the Russo Brothers did is help set up and create, you know, Civil War, which, like, at the time, like, the Avengers was big, you know, uh, getting these characters and these actors together. Civil War is a completely different fucking scope. And to make all these characters get their time and to make it work is fantastic. And then they did it again in Infinity War and they're still able to make all these characters work and get their time and like nobody feels like they got bastardized but nobody feels like they were overly important either. And hopefully they continue that with Endgame too. And like, uh, you know, James Gunn has been a, a driving force for some of these more offbeat movies, you know, like the Doctor Stranges and, and the Ant-Mans. 
Uh, but the Russos have been the constant of like, here's our Civil War, you know, here's our our, our main points that are going to hit. And like, even in you lesser movies, you need to follow what we're doing because your stuff's going to play into our stuff, which is huge yeah. to be able to be like, hey, we're, we're giving you some freedom here. But you gotta work with us, cause like we're, we we want to use your stuff, but you gotta be able to make it so we can use it. Cause anybody could have just said, "Fuck it, we'll wreck on that," cause that yeah. that's fucking stupid. I have a better idea, so fuck your stupid idea. And the Russo brothers don't; they, they let it roll. And these are guys who were like comedy directors. They did like Arrested Development and a bunch of episodes of Community and stuff like that. And to step into a spy espionage movie like this and fucking kill it, awesome. Yeah. So I want Russos. Next up is our worst picture. Uh, in the wild card, or is it wild? It's wild card. That's it's what wild. I said. Okay. Uh, <laughs> okay. So I know I said in uh, MCU Phase One in that marathon that I was gonna do like best. Um, I think it was best stinger. I think I think we, we had the same one. Yeah. Um, and I decided after because I know you said you were gonna do that. And I know we could have different opinions, but I was like, fuck it, I'll just do something else. So for the rest of the uh, the marathons, I'm gonna be doing uh, best trailer. I think that trailers are the. Th- I mean, I think trailers are are have become part of the movie. You know what I, I mean? Don't know like, where you're going with this? So there were really. I mean, you know, every time a new trailer comes out, it's all fucking anybody talking. Did you see that new fucking? Uh, you see the Shazam trailer and shit? Like that's it's become part of the of the experience, in my opinion. There are two fucking. Uh, there are two trailers that I think are fucking great. I would love to tie them. I don't even know if I think it's a tie. One of them is Guardians, and the other one is uh, Age of Ultron. Um, so like. I went with Age of Ultron. I think you so. Should. This and the uh, the Man of Steel t- and the Man of Steel trailer are honestly my two favorite superhero trailers of all time. And unfortunately, they're both major disappointments as an actual <laughs> film. But like, I really felt like they understood Ultron from the, you know what I mean. He's like he's doing the Pinocchio thing where he's like you know there are no strings on me and it was like there are actually great parallels between Pinocchio and Ultron like they're both yeah. sort of inanimate objects given sentience by their creators um <clears throat> you know when Pinocchio's talking about there are no strings on me it's it's like well I'm a living puppet I don't need yeah. strings but Ultron's talking about Nothing those strings of morality yeah. you know what I mean like those things that are you like you know I've been created to protect earth well like I'm a fucking computer the data says humans are, are destroying the earth and it's probably right you know what i mean yeah. like but the, we can't do that and he's saying in the trailer you know like you know what needs to be done but you just can't do it you're all tied up in strings like there are no strings on me like fuck i'm hyped i'm so on board with this and it's james spader does a great fucking like the voice is cool yeah like yeah we didn't give love to him in supporting actors but like the voice for ultron is actually pretty cool yeah, yeah. absolutely man i just fuck they missed the mark on the actual film i think um but the tra- the trailer nails it. So yeah, best trailer for me is Age of Ultron. Brian, which wild card? I I stayed with best stingers mm-hmm. because uh, you know I'm that way. It's fun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, there I did stingers because almost all of MCU movies now have two, mm-hmm. um, and uh, this was two that they both actually pertain to plot. Because more often than not, when they do two stingers, one of them's plot-based yeah. and one of them's a dumbass joke. Mm-hmm. It's the ones at the end of Winter Soldier. You've got uh, Von Strucker and the twins, mm. uh, which re- introduces, at the time, MCU's only way of doing mutants. Mm-hmm. And that was, I remember everybody was like, holy shit, Scarlet Witch and, Qu- and Quicksilver, how are they going to do this? It became a huge deal. Mm-hmm. I'm sad that the execution of Von Strucker was so fucking terrible later on. Uh, but it was an, a really cool moment, 
and then just getting the uh, the Bucky looking at his own image mm. of you know seeing the uh, what are the what are the name the name of the squad. Um, the, the why Howling are you doing Commandos. that? Yeah, Howling Commandos. Thank you, the yeah. Howling Commandos. Uh, you know, right, that's why Ryan came in. So, like, looking at the picture of the Howling Commandos, seeing himself there with Cap, and just the the look on his face is, I'm starting to understand yeah. that maybe there is more to me than just being this weapon. Yeah. And that scene by itself was enough for me to know that not only we're going to get Bucky back or like Winter Soldier back, but we were going to mm-hmm. get the Winter Soldier from the comics, where he is, he comes back to eventually being a hero. And I yeah, personally yeah. think that they need to give him the shield when Chris Evans is I was about to ask you this. So I was thinking on the way up here, and I think I might I might put a poll on Facebook. Um, it, so I'm assuming, Captain, that Steve Rogers is dead in that. Yeah. I'm assuming he's dead in it. Would you rather have Bucky or Sam? You want Falcon or, or Bucky? I want Bucky because it'll be better action scenes than Cap Falcon. Falcon hasn't earned it yet. But I, but I have a feeling that Disney will give it to Sam. I feel exactly the same way. I, I, I like want it to be Bucky because I want that full redemptive arc. Yeah. And I don't think that I don't think that Sam has done enough in the films to earn it yet, but I do think it's gonna be Sam. Yep. Yeah. Marshall, where are you sitting with your uh, wild card? So it seems we all have kind of similar things, but but at different times. My wild card, uh, I'm calling the Cosmic Creator Award, mm. and that goes to James Gunn for changing the tone and like opening up the cosmos for Marvel. Basically, everything you guys said for the previous one. But that's my wild card. Cool. Uh, yeah, I did stingers. So, there's not much more to say. Unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of sucks when you're in that job, position. But yeah, it's just. He just, he, I love that they brought him back for this because, yeah, like you can't imagine it without him. He's just such an amazing job creating that world for him. Yeah. Um, yeah, I did stingers last time, so I can run through them real fast. So in Iron Man Theory, we have uh, Tony in therapy with Bruce. <laughs> uh, we have uh, the Reality Stone getting left with the Collector. All right, all right. I kind of liked it. Uh, Captain America Winter Soldier, as you said, the twins, and then Bucky, you know, being alive and staring at himself. Pretty decent. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, you get the Groot dance, which is silly, but it's it's fun. I enjoy it. It's adorable as fuck. Yeah. Uh, you get the Howard the Duck, which doesn't mean shit, but it's just kind of like, oh, Howard the Duck! Yeah. And then it's over with, whatever. You get Cosmo licking Collector in the face. Uh, you get the Avengers, uh, Age of Ultron, uh, with Thanos walking up, grabbing the glove and going, guess I'll do it myself. Uh, and then Ant-Man, the Wasp suit, gets revealed. And I'm going with... Age of Ultron, uh, when he grabs the glove and goes, I'll do it myself, because I got real fucking hyped after that. And you should you should have been, you should have been like, yeah, the Infinity Gauntlet's finally in fucking play. Here we go. Like, shit's gonna get real bad now. And I realize it's quick, and looking at it now, like, Thanos looks fucking terrible. <laughs> like, he looks really good in, in Infinity War, yeah. but he's, he's looking real fucking weird and schlocky there. But the voice is still there, so you still get it, you know? And... And just grabbing that glove uh, really kind of sets things in motion. And I just remember in theaters like, yes, yes, I'm ready for the glove. Fucking bring it on. So, yeah, I went with that. If I were doing Stingers, man, I would have gone the Wasp outfit. Really? That, really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, man. That was the one that... That's uh, that roadie moment when he just looks at it and goes, oh, maybe next time. Yeah, yeah. No, is that... Because it's like, Iron Man. Like I fucking said, it's the Iron Man. <laughs> I, got, I, got, I got an Ant-Man and the Wasp um, uh, comic mounted on my wall. Oh, cool. I, okay. when, I, when I was a kid, man, Hank Pym was my favorite 
superhero. I don't, I don't, you know, because you always wanted to grow up to beat your wife. I was gonna yeah, say, well, you wanted to be a horrible person and beat your well, wife. No, but I mean, but honestly, like, I he was fucking different. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, yeah. he's everybody else is a, this dude fucking shrinks. It's not the shrinking thing. It was, it was the fucking. I actually like giant man. Giant, you know, like, when, when he gets fucking huge. Uh, but yeah, man, the wasp, the wasp, dude, Evangeline Lily fucking does a great job. Yeah. I mean, she's clearly the better superhero. Oh yeah, no know? question. But so yeah, it really hyped me up for like, oh, okay, cool, we're gonna do fucking, we're gonna do fucking wasp. All right, so now we are at uh, worst picture. All right, man. So worst picture, like, dude, I don't, I don't hate Iron Man three. Um, it's definitely the weakest film here for me. Uh, I just don't think it works. It has this weird, like, Christmas story vibe to it. Um, and, and it has... It has a, no reason to be set at Christmas. It yeah, it has is. a weird Christmas vibe to it. It has a narrator. Like, you know what I mean? Um, it It's like... this And this is and this, this, this completely unnecessary Mandarin twist that I just... It just makes me... It's so fucking frustrating. that like And people get so outraged about it that they had to go back and, like, retcon it and do that Hail to the King um, one-shot where... You know, fucking Trevor gets broken out of prison, and it's revealed that like the actual to Mandarin, the real Mandarin. I I I like the one shot, but like it doesn't make any fucking it doesn't make any fucking sense. But I I do like that it's like okay, look, we fucked up. You know, we fucked up. The real Mandarin still does exist, so we can still do it. Um, at the end, it it ends with Tony like walking away from the Iron Man, like. But then he doesn't for exactly yeah. nine months, right? And so I just don't, I just don't under, I just don't understand any of the like directions they did in this film. Uh, you know, I don't love Dark World either, but I think the Dark Elves are badass. I think the stealth technology and like the the aesthetic, the fucking singularity grenades, um, all that shit is fucking cool. I think Malekith's fucking cool. I think they do nothing with him, but he's cool. Uh, and, you know, I think there are some great character beats between Thor and Loki, but Iron Man 3 has basically fucking nothing. So, I don't know, man. For me, it's Iron Man 3. Brian, I think we know where you're going as well. Um, It's 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 a tie. No, uh, so <laughs> Iron Man 3 is the scale in which I measure other movies on how much I hate them is how many times will I watch a shitty movie before I would go back and watch Iron Man 3 again? <laughs> and, like, some of them are, like, like Deadpool. And everyone knows, I fucking can't stand Deadpool. I would watch Deadpool three times in a row before <laughs> I would watch Iron Man 3 again. It has an Iron Man 3 scale of three. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Okay, right on. So, there you have it. <laughs> All right, Marshall. <laughs> that was nicer than I thought you were uh, this is a trifecta. <laughs> this was one, so I had never seen this one, but I'd heard plenty about Iron Man 3 going into this, and everybody hit the nail on the head. It just didn't work for me. It's just one of those things where, yeah, it just, there's just a lot of missed beats, a lot of odd stuff. It didn't have the, didn't have the right feel for me. Um, the villain in this one is, you know, like all the other ones, similar. It's kind of weak. I didn't care for him. Um, you know, it just there's just a lot of weird stuff in this one that just didn't work for me. So, you know, I fall in the same group as everybody else. I guess that Iron Man three was just uh, the worst thing. The worst. Uh, worst thing. The worst thing. <laughs> the worst thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, not everyone falls it's in the, the worst thing I've ever seen. 
<laughs> uh, I actually kind of, I, I enjoy Iron Man three. I don't th- I, like you said earlier. The first half is actually pretty solid. Yeah, I don't hate it. Yeah, I don't I, hate it. I think there's plenty of good elements in it. Thor has almost no elements that I like. There's the there's the scene in the dungeon is fucking cool. I think it, visually it's significantly better than the first Thor. Uh, with uh, no there's no fucking Dutch angles in this movie, guys. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> Um, but all the shit on Earth, like, is so fucking boring and convoluted. I, Jane is an annoying, like, forced love character. Her fucking sidekick, Darcy, is so goddamn annoying. Every time she's on screen, I'm just, uh, fucking kids, pull my cat, goddamn cat, cat, Dennings, but, cat Dennings, though. Quirky hot. <laughs> she can be attractive, but she's annoying as fuck. Uh, her little assistant's dumb. Like, they fucking bastardize Eric Selvig. I don't know what the fuck's going yeah. on there. You got, like, floating fucking cement trucks and, like, the... The Bifrost is broken, but he can just show up and, like, I don't... It's, like, it's just fucking dumb. There's, like, some okay <laughs> moments with, like, Loki and Thor starting to, like, show that they're brothers, but, like, meh. Like, it just... It doesn't amount to fucking anything, and I'm... I'm glad there's a Ragnarok to retcon shit like this, so... Best picture, Nathan! What do you think was the best out of these uh, Marvel Phase 2 movies? I thought this, when I sat down to do my awards, man, I thought this was going to be a lot closer than it was. Like, Guardians took half my awards. Um, and it, it was like, even when, because I went back and I've, I've redone my awards maybe three times and kind of like, well, I'm going to give this to this. And kind of, you know, like, well, is this really what I thought about this? And and honestly, Winter Soldier never got more than like two or three. And I thought that was going to be way more. It's not that I don't like it. I really like, I really like, I really like Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. But I just think the Guardians is better. Um it beat out Winter Soldier on a lot of categories. So, to me, honestly, it's the only film in Phase 2 that I ever, like, regularly watch. Uh, some people said on Facebook uh, that Guardians is, like, the only good thing about the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I don't agree with that at all, but yeah. I see where they're coming from. I, I do think it's a, it's fucking, it's the standout of Phase 2. Um, but, yeah, I don't, I don't think, like, Winter Soldier is great, and I, I feel like, I feel like it's, you know, you know oh, we didn't give any points. Uh, like, it, it feels like, I don't even look through the points, it feels like it's been a big fucking Guardians fucking wank fest. Uh, and, I, and I don't feel, I, you know, I don't feel, I like Winter Soldier almost just as much, man, but fucking Guardians kills it. Yeah. Uh, so Winter Soldier's my favorite <clears throat> Marvel movie, period. Um, okay. Uh, uh, did you have any ties tonight? I don't believe you did. So no. That's a three-pointer. Okay. Cool. All right, sweet. Um, but for me, Guardians would have been a tie if it wasn't for their throwaway villain. Ronan, again, he could have been awesome, and instead he's, he chews a little scenery, he yells at everyone, and then he gets danced off. (laughs) That's it. And it's oh, it's, I want to die. It's the it's the it's the Marvel MacGuffin where oh, you held a stone and you're a villain. You're gonna get beat by the stone, mm-hmm. and that's and that's exactly what happens. That's fair. Uh, uh, I love Guardians. I think it's a great movie, but it doesn't, especially Guardians One. It does not tie to the rest of the Marvel universe. Whereas Winter Soldier is the fucking glue that binds everything together. They even tried to bind the TV show of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. to this and did a bad job, but they they attempted it. This was the first time that, they, that as far as I know, any company had tried to be like, all right, we're going to actually have a real-time tie-in to our TV show to try and make it more, more important, and it, it didn't work out. But 
uh, either way, it was like it is. It's in. It was uh, intrinsic to how the Marvel universe is. That well, they reminded everybody, hey, it it is going to be a continued universe. It is going to have you know we're going to have callbacks. We're going to have structure. In I fucking I love it. I I can't I can't think of anything about Winter Soldier that I I roll at. Uh, I might have some stuff that I wish was different, but I still love it. Mm-hmm. And there's just there's just too many things in Guardians that I kind of go, ah, come on. And but otherwise, it would be a real close, almost a tie. All right, Marshall, what you got for your best? Uh, I'm once again going to piggyback off of Nathan. I was surprised that uh, Winter Soldier didn't get more from me because I do like that one quite a bit. I was also. Uh, Conversely, surprised that Ant Man got as many as it did from me. I do like it, but I was surprised how many I got. But in the end, um, my favorite is Guardians. I love everything about it. <laughs> it's fun. It, it it changed the dynamic of it. It it added a different type of humor to it. Um, the music is fantastic throughout it. Uh, the characters I love so. It is close again, uh, uh, like Brian, but flipped is close. But mm. but for for me, Guardians uh, just edges out uh, Winter Soldier. I'm in the same boat as you guys with Guardians, where I thought like, man, this and Winter Soldier are gonna be neck and neck in my points, but like, it, Guardians just edged out in a few categories, and it kind of gave it a, a boost towards the end. And you got to be honest with yourself sometimes. I even like went through my list. And I was like, where can I take a point off of Guardians and even give it to <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. give it to it? And I'm like. There's nothing that I can, like, the stuff I already have is, you know, yeah. solid. Uh, Guardians just gets it right. It's fun. Like I said earlier, there were people, when it came out, they said, like, I saw Star Wars in theaters when it came out, and nothing's come close to that experience like Guardians has. And I, it's the movie I've watched the most out of the MCU. Like, it's what, because it is standalone, yeah. which is nice. Yeah. You don't have to see, like, ten movies before it to watch it. You can just pop it in, and it's its own thing. Or you can throw it in, in order, like we're doing here, too. Uh, you're getting great performances all around. We could hammer that music again and again and again. Like I said, there's a whole fucking episode of Adventures of Video Land where we just speculate on what's going to be in the Volume 2 soundtrack. So, like, it's 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 just a, a home run with, with Guardians. And, like, people gave so much of shit about James Gunn getting fired and they're giving him a whole bunch of a shit about him being rehired because... Yeah. It's, it's a driving force of the MCU. Even, you know, DC fanboys like you, like, you, you give it you give a tip of the hat to, to Guardians. Absolutely. I mean, you know? So uh, that's 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 what it comes down to. All right, guys, we are going to take a little break, uh, tabulate the votes, make sure everything's okay and right, and then we will come back and uh, give our results. All right, video landers, we are back. We have tabulated the scores to make sure we got everything right. But before we announce the winner, Nathan, what did the polls say? Oh, the polls. All right, check it out. So Iron Man 3 is in last place with three votes. The Dark World got five. Really? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Age of Ultron's up there with seven. Woo! Ant-Man got nine. Okay, now we get to the big shit. So none, none of these are even over ten. Ant-Man yeah. only got nine? Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, so... You're welcome. No, <laughs> no, no, this is this is the Facebook poll. Facebook poll. Um, oh. None of, the, none of these films so far got even over 10. Uh, 
Guardians of the Galaxy is number two with 85. Okay, so like wow. people, people little think, difference. yeah, people are like, well, this is way better than the other one. Uh, but Captain America Winter Soldier took it away with 109 votes. Wow. Ooh, fucking crushed That's it. one of our oh, like yeah. most voted in polls. Yeah. <laughs> they all went to two selections, but you know. Are you surprised by the that, Marshall? What was that? Are you surprised by the way the poll came out? Yeah, that's it's pretty much how I expected it to go. A bunch of low ones and then the figured, two bangers. I figured yeah. Ant-Man would do a little better. You think at least hit double digits? Maybe. A little a better. A little better. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get to the actual numbers that matter. All right. Because one of these movies is going to move on to our Fantastic Four-Way. Uh, the movie that won Phase 1 was Captain America. Captain America. So let's see if Captain America Winter Soldier is going to join it or not. Uh, in last place with negative one, we had Iron Man three. So <laughs> didn't even end up in the negative one. Yeah, uh, I think I gave it a point, and maybe you gave it a point at some point, and then there was a bunch of negatives for I you. I took one away. Yeah. Uh, next was Thor two, uh, the Dark World with six. Then just above that, Ultron, uh, the Age of Ultron, uh, with twelve was Ant Man. Mm. With 16 was Captain America Winter Soldier, and Guardians did run away with it with 35. Holy shit! Shit! Yeah, when you really like, and it's like, yeah, like we said, like, those movies are pretty comparable to me, but like, breaking it down by categories, there are just things that, like, that category just fits Guardians better. It's like, these things are just a little bit close, and maybe Guardians edged it out, or sometimes, you know, Guardians got edged out by something else. Um, But that's just how the cookie crumbles. So, uh, what what do you think about that, Nathan? Wow. Yeah, I think it'll probably be controversial. I mean, but everyone went into this saying like it's going to be Winter Soldier and Guardians, and it, and it and it is clear, clearly. You know what I mean? Yeah. I I don't know that I expected it to be so far uh, yeah. for Guardians, but like you said, you look at the categories, and it's just like sometimes things just run away with certain categories and points add up real fucking fast. Yeah, yeah. you know, like. Yeah, we've seen it where it's like been tied going into like the last two or three categories, and then a movie wins by like twelve points. It's right. like, oh, what how the fuck did that happen? <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, Brad. Brad should be happy. Those were the two movies he he had at the top, and so those were at the top. Ryan or Brian, uh, what do you think about this? Uh, I didn't think it would be that big of a stretch. Uh, like that's it's huge. Yeah. That's a huge gap. Uh, but I didn't think about the fact that you know mm-hmm. the soundtrack is just basically four points. Like here you go, have have those four mm-hmm. points, and of the of the directors, Gun is probably the best standout, so that doesn't surprise me that that's another big chunk of points. Uh, it's The one that I think that surprised me is probably best film location. The fact that we gave... we It, it was all Guardians, but for different reasons. Uh, I had, had Age of Vulture. Oh, you had Age of Vulture. Well, okay, Age of Vulture doesn't count. But, yeah. um, but because there are so many huge, drastic, bold scene choices in that kind of movie. You know, so I think, uh, I think it makes sense. You know, I, I, I would have loved Winter Soldier to win, but then it would have sucked in the four-way because yeah. trying to put Cap against Cap would maybe <laughs> maybe cry. <laughs> so yeah, it looks like Guardians of the Galaxy is going to be joining uh, Captain America, the first Avenger, in our fantastic four-way. Okay. Uh, now, as you know, there are only three phases, right, guys? Dun, dun, but dun, we dun. had... Six movies in Phase 1, six movies in Phase 2, and we have ten movies in Phase 3, uh, so we're going to break it up into fives. So the, there's going to be less movies than the next two, and you know we're going to have uh, Captain Marvel and Endgame you know, right there after Endgame comes out in the second yeah. half. And, and we are switching it up a little bit, right? We want to have an Avengers yeah. film in every phase. So yeah, that- so Black... Or, uh, yeah, I believe it's uh, Spider-Man, Homecoming, 
Black Panther. Doctor Strange. I should have written these down. Yeah, Doctor Strange. There's a movie that got shifted to behind uh, a movie. Yeah, Spider-Man Homecoming uh, got shifted out of the first half into the second half because it just flows better uh, to to fit it into that one. So don't get all pissy with us about how we arranged it. Trust me, the the conversations went on a really long time to figure out how we were actually going to to divvy this up. Um, But I I look forward to that one because I think uh, Phase 3 has some really solid movies and maybe some underrated stuff. You know, yeah. I haven't I haven't gone back and revisited Doctor Strange, so mm. maybe I'll like it a little bit more this time, and you know, we'll, we'll see how that goes. Well, you guys excited for this one? Uh, yeah, I think so. Uh, some of my favorite uh, favorite Marvel movies of of late uh, come in that Phase Three. So, yeah. Civil War's been my top movie for a long time. Also, really? I want to see if it holds up. I did not. know Yeah, that. my favorite MCU movie is in Phase Three, and yeah. like I know not a lot of people like it. You yeah. know what I mean? So hey, fuck it, let's do it. See, and uh. Marshall, you joined us on this one, but I think uh, Ryan Smith is joining us on the next one. Uh, so I want you to give your prediction on uh, what you think is going to come out in Phase 3. Oh, jeez. Uh, what are them again? What's in the Phase 3? Uh, which, which films? We've got Civil War. Uh, we have... Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange. We have... Uh, Ragnarok. Ragnarok. Uh, Black Panther. Oh, yeah, Guardians 2. Sorry, not Black Panther. Guardians 2, and then we cap it off with Infinity War. Oh, man. Um, I'm going to say Civil War edges out Infinity War. Ooh, Ooh really? Wow. Okay. All right. Well, yeah. we'll see if that prediction the comes. kind of tail off. Well, we will see if that prediction comes true. Uh, we're going to set up a date for that, and hopefully we'll have that one coming soon. Uh, until the meantime, where can they find you, Nathan? Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> well, then. All right. <laughs> Brian? Uh, Facebook and Twitter, at Brian C.V. Steele. Hire this man. He does good work. <laughs> Marshall, where are you at? Uh, Facebook and Instagram, Focus Jones. And I am at Movie Script Life everywhere else. As far as Adventures of Video Land goes, Ryan, where can they find you? Facebook. Yeah. Facebook. <laughs> That's where <laughs> conversation begins and ends, right? With Adventures of Video Land. Yeah. Where, where else? Where? Instagram. Uh, uh, Twitter. Pornhub. Pornhub. Twitter. We make Twitter. that joke every time. Pornhub. Yeah. Pornhub. Yeah. Pornhub. Grinder. Uh, we <laughs> have an Angel Fire. <laughs> I have a MySpace. Uh, MySpace. Sanga. Yeah, we have a. Oh uh, my Sanga. god. <laughs> We have a uh, yeah. Atari Jaguar game. Uh, chat. <laughs> Google chat. All right. Well, this one has been fun, guys. Uh, I can't wait till uh, we dig into uh, phase three. But uh, till next time, hail Hydra. We are Groot.